Welcome everyone to Comics from the Multiverse episode 310. That doesn't sound right. 310? What's the best way of saying this? It's an awkward number. Maybe 310 works. Three. It's like, three, it's like the 310 to Yuma. Aye, three, yeah, there you go. Yeah, 310 to Yuma. Comics from the Multiverse episode 310 to Yuma. Welcome everyone. <laughs> uh, I'm Peter, joined always by Matt. <laughs> Uh, which of us is the prisoner being transported is the question. <laughs> uh, and just you know, on the subject, original Theta Yuma, much better than the remake. Uh, I've only seen the remake, so I'll have to check down the original. I saw the original probably about two years ago now, but I was actually, I wasn't expecting to like it because I'm not really into old westerns as much, mm-hmm. but I actually found myself really into it and enjoyed it quite a bit. Did you watch that around the same time you watched Rio Bravo and was like, this is no solemn precinct 13? Oh yeah, yeah. Because I watched it tell you about. Got so uh, excited to check out some classic westerns that maybe I was ignoring. Watched Real Bravo and went, "This is shit." <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you know, there's good ones, there's bad ones. You just you, know, you have to you, know, you have to you know, find them. But anyway, as a DC Cuts podcast, Carter is not here. Uh, he is back from vacation. He was sick. I recorded with him the other night, and his voice was like, "Yes, yes, this episode of Star Trek is not bad." Yes. <laughs> If only there was a solution to keep him from getting sick. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I don't think it's that. It was not the virus, but... Uh, True, but still, you know. He always, gets, he always gets sick when he goes on holiday. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, st- being in condensed, because I don't know if he took a train or a plane, but being in a condensed area with a filtration system usually lets you getting sick. Uh, one of the sickest I've ever been was coming back from visiting my dad in Hawaii, I ended up with a sinus infection that became bronchitis, or vice versa, one of the two, and it was terrible. But it was from being on a plane for five and a half hours. So, well, um, Connor deserves it. <laughs> yes. Uh, so he, he may be back next week, but uh, his his work shifts were all over the place when he came back. So, uh, but he is miserable. He's miserable working ill right now. So, uh, damn, three ten to Yuma. The original's not streaming anywhere. For free, you have uh, to rent it. It was on Criterion when I watched it. Yeah, it's not on there because I had signed up for Criterion for a month and knock it out because that's worth what you know. Watch two movies, you right there it covers two rentals, but uh, yeah, it's not even it doesn't uh, according to Just Watch, it's not there. But they've oh, been well. wrong before. Yeah, I don't know if to take a while up there or whatever. But anyway, this is a DC Comics podcast. We get together, we talk about the DC Comics we read this week. Coming up on this week's show, we have Superman, Son of Kal-El, issue 12, Wonder Woman 788, Batgirls, issue 7, Batman Urban Legends, issue 16, or partially anyway, at least, uh, yeah. Naomi, season 2, issue 4, and Jurassic League, issue 2. That's what's coming up on the show. The main guys. event. <laughs> Uh, of course you say that uh but we also have solicits this week so that because that probably didn't sell like a super heavy show but don't worry september solicits are here to give us plenty to talk about so we're going to dive into that uh as, as we do every month so that is the plan for the episode uh so yeah we can get into it soon but don't worry everyone there's always time for a comicsology top 10 Aye, aye, aye. You love it. You love it. I don't. I you don't. Do. You do. It's your favorite thing. All right. Um. So, <laughs> what are you guessing is number one right now, Matt? Is it one of the big two? It is one of the big two. All right. I'm going to say Wolverine. It's not Wolverine. Damn. 
not Wolverine. Um, it is Marvel, though. Uh, X-Men Red. It is X-Men Red. Oh. It's currently number one on Comicsology at the time of recording. Uh, number two is actually a very surprising DC book. Is it Jurassic League? No, you wish. I do wish. Um, if it's surprising, is it Wonder Woman? Nope. Dang, okay. I'm out of guesses. <laughs> it's the Tim Drake Pride special. Oh, good. I say it's surprising because it's, uh, you know, it's mostly a reprint. Right. I, I don't know if just Tim Drake fans who didn't want to buy Urban Legends have all just like, mm-hmm. bundled up and now they're, they're all buying this. Or they did buy Urban Legends and they wanted it collected. So... Ah, uh, maybe, I, I yeah. guess. Okay, uh, good. More, more on Tim Drake later. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number three is Fantastic Four, issue 44. Uh, number four, Back to DC with Superman, Son of Kal-El, issue hey. uh, 12, are we on that? I don't know, it's cut off. Uh, number five is Captain America, Sons of Liberty. Yep, that is the, I think that's the Lansing and Kelly one. Ah, uh, yeah, it's new issue one, yeah. Uh, number six is Wolverine, issue 22. Number seven is Batman Urban Legends. Number eight is Iron Man, issue 20. Uh, number nine is, what the hell is this? Do a Powerbomb, issue one. So, I picked that up. I haven't read it. It's Daniel Warren Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the guy that does the pull list threw it in my box. Because he knows I like wrestling. And I was like, oh, thanks, but I'm, you know, I have a hard enough time reading all my DC stuff. And then I saw it was Daniel Warren Johnson, and I go, oh, that yes. means it must be a little like uh, Jurassic League. Yeah, the co-writer on Jurassic League. So uh, I was like, I will buy this. So I have it. It's in my it's in my possession. I didn't get a chance to read it this week yet. But uh, the art looks super fun. Yeah, I know he did the cover, uh, Daniel Warren Johnson. Mm. So, um, But yeah, if it's half as fun as Jurassic League, I'm, I'm in for a treat. Yeah, because he also did that Black Label Wonder Woman book a couple mm-hmm. years ago, which I never actually read the last issue of, funnily yeah. enough, but I did like Get the her. first couple. Yeah. Uh, so that's number nine. Number ten is Moon Knight, Black, White, and Blood. Uh, <laughs> so there's, there's that. Uh, a lot of DC kind of just sneaking outside of the top ten, though, because number 11 is Batgirls, number 13 is Wonder Woman, number 14 is Young Justice Targets, issue one, uh, number 15 is Jurassic League. Yeah. So a lot of DC just outside the top ten. Um, and they had four slots in the top ten, so not too bad. Uh, they had four, Marvel had five, and then do a power bomb <laughs> sneaking in to the right. indie slot. So I realize this is Daniel Warren Johnson doing the art in the, the story. Okay. Um, the only thing he's not doing is coloring it, uh, but he's lettering it and, and all of that. But the solicit on it is Lona Stillrose, who wants to be a pro wrestler, but lives in the shadow of her mother's success. Uh, before her, but everything changes when a wrestling obsessed necromancer asks Lona to join the grandest and most dangerous pro wrestling tournament of all time. Um, so it seems like they're bringing wrestlers back from the dead. Uh, so it also says a little Mortal Kombat as well. A, a little bit. And so, yes, uh, thank you, Andrew, at my shop, if you're listening, for throwing this in. Um, yeah. I mean, hey, for, for I've, I've wasted worse uh, money on comics before than four dollars so uh, on stuff like i have a whole batch of new 52 things that i need to get rid of uh yeah oh i'll bet i'll bet uh but there you go that is the cabisology top 10 for the week so thank you everyone for enjoying your favorite mm-hmm. segment <laughs>
Now we can move on to solicits. September solicits. We got a whole host of things to, to work through here. Now, while I do know one or two things just from Twitter, I actually haven't looked at these yet. So this is going to be a, a journey of discovery. Yep. As we look through these. So kicking it off is Batman issue 127. Um, obviously, it's like, I think, Chip's third issue. Yeah. Uh, so cool. Um, looking at the covers here. Oh, that uh, double covers. Very nice. There's a. It's like Batman in the sewer and he's injured. Uh, very pretty. Uh, uh, to be fair, there's a lot of nice covers here. Then I'm skimming through them all. But, uh, yeah. So My covers won't load, so this is fun. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, you, you'll just have to imagine the fire, yep. Matt. Uh, yeah. So, that's cool. Uh, we got Batman vs. Robin issue 1. This is the Mark Wade book that's spinning out of uh, World's Finest, which... Uh, so I thought this was just a... When I heard about it, it was just a story in World's Finest. No, no, no. It's, uh, a, it's another mini. an actual... Wow. Oh, man. The artist. The star. Yeah, yeah. That's exciting. Uh, more Mark Wade at DC is always exciting. Mm -hmm. uh, so we'll we'll have a, have a look, see when it comes out, naturally. Uh... Yeah, a bunch of covers here. There's one that's uh, the demon. Uh, was it Neza? Neza? Yeah. <laughs> uh, demon. I think it's Neza. Neza. Like Huzzah! Neza. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Neza. Uh, there's also a fun cover with Batman. Uh, sort of. I think he's on the top of Man Bat, and there's a big Robin symbol in the sky behind him. It's a really pretty. Cover, I feel though. like you're messing with me because I can't see them. <laughs> no, I'm a bit honest here. <laughs> It's very nice. It's a very nice cover. Uh, this is a lot of covers, actually. Uh, oh, there's one that's just a lot of Robin, like, uh, throwing stars getting thrown at Batman. That's also not bad. Uh, uh, what are those called? Uh, Wingdings? Oh, those are Nightwings. Uh, Robin had a had a name for his. Yeah, it's just it's just the R's that he throws. So it's yeah, like a Batarang, but an R. Yeah. Right, but they're, they're shurikens, but there's, like, a name for it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then we got Batman One Bad Day, Two-Face issue one. This is the Tamaki and Fernandez uh, one shot. Ah, so there they are. One of the oh, you're getting covers now. Yep. All of them are just just like this one. No, oh, no, I can only see the first one. I go to click to see the other <laughs> one, and they disappear again. This is great. I love my computer. There they go. <laughs> wow, that that that's all one's scary. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. he is um man bat or some bat demon. Ah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it could not be Man Bat, but it's Man Bat-esque, yeah. by the looks of it. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so, yes. Yeah, that's probably one of the, the better or more interesting One Bad Day pairs, I think, uh, is the two-face uh, one. Yeah, uh, Fernandez, that cover. I I need this cover as a poster, as the two-face fan. Um, that is fantastic. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, and then we got Harley Quinn 30th Anniversary Special Issue 1, so oh, she's dear. getting... One of these hundred-page specials with all the the short stories with a big host of people on it. Hey, do you see do you see a name in there that's very uh, noteworthy? Oh, I see Cedric. Yeah, yeah, very good, very good. Uh, and that's on the writer list as well, probably. and and the artist. So I mean, I assumed he was on the artist yeah. list, but so yeah. it's um yeah, but it, it wouldn't surprise me if if because we all we all know he hasn't been working on much. Lately. I haven't seen much even independent work from Cedric. Um. That if he just, you know, turned in a Harleen story and had someone else draw it, but it looks like we're getting a full. So, um, man, this might be worth it just to have that piece of of uh, 
of Harleen, if that's what it is. Worth the price to get, maybe. Worth reading all the other stories, I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, we do have Amanda Connor and Palmiotti who did a, a stand, a long stand on the character. You have Paul Dini, who's, you know, one of the mm-hmm. main characters, or main characters, main writers, creators. So, um, yeah, a lot, a lot of recognizable names that have worked on Yeah. Harley. I can't say I like the idea. I mean, I, I'm, you know, I'm sick of these one-shots anyway, and I, I yeah. still read most of them, but like i can't say i'd be in for a harley quinn one i'm just oh man that dodson's one's fun or the adam hughes one that's a fun cover oh is that one with all the other versions of harley coming out of her head yep that's cool yeah not bad not bad yeah that's good for harley i i turned i turned a corner on harley where i thought like uh tired of her trying to be dc's deadpool and then they gave her a character arc that i really enjoy and you know that harleen book did a whole lot of goodwill so uh, hers the anti-hero I think fits her so yeah uh then we have Tim Drake Robin issue one and this is oh. very this is very interesting so yeah. Tim Drake's getting an ongoing book yeah um Megan Fitzmartin is writing mm-hmm. and I'm sure Connor will be delighted to know that the art is by Riley Roswell <laughs> oh no oh that's just mean wait did you not know this I did not know this. I knew they were getting a Tim oh, Drake book. Oh I dear. did not know Rosmo was the artist. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. Um Yeah, I also have to say that first cover, I don't what co- I don't think it's the main cover, but that first cover there, I think Tim looks really weird. Like he's got this sort yeah. of weird face going on. His, but he has a Joker chin. Yeah, he looks like a Joker and dressed yeah. up as Tim Drake. Um But yeah, so I mean Tim Drake's finally getting an ongoing, that's, but that's good. Unfortunately, it's an artist that is kind of like kryptonite to most of us, but... Yeah, uh, beloved Harley Quinn artist, it says in there. If, if you insist, solicit. <laughs> beloved. If you insist. Uh, that Jimenez cover is fantastic. It's him sitting there on the... the on the, uh, yeah, on the... Yeah, the back kebab. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even notice that's what he had. Yeah, he's got a kebab yeah. in his hand. Uh, very good. No one holds a kebab like a taco, though. Come on. <laughs> I would no. I've never had one. They're they're, so. they're too dense and they fall apart if you try and pick it up like a sandwich. So is it like a euro? Is it like uh, it's, it's just like a wrap? It's not a wrap. It's just it's a pita bread, but it's right. it's just it's usually they're at least here they're usually packed so dense with stuff right. that you can't pick it up and just eat it like a sandwich. You have yeah, to you just, eat it with a fork. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, That's uh, we we go to a pita place and they do euros like that. Um, so. Yeah, you can't. I tried. I tried to pick it up like a taco, and it no. just ends up being a mess. Doesn't you work. Put it in your hummus. It's just not good. Uh, Dark Crisis issue four. Not much needs to be said here, really. Uh, but we like the first issue, so uh, yeah, going for good stuff. All right. Yeah, oh, those covers are fun. I like that one. Well, the Deathstroke one's kind of cool, actually. Yeah, I like the that Wonder Woman, Wonder Girl one's pretty nice. So. Yeah. Uh, and then we got Dark Crisis Worlds Without a Justice League Wonder Woman issue one. So this is the month's one shot uh, mm-hmm. with these tie-ins. This is Teeny Howard writing with uh, Leela Del Duca on the art. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we'll uh, see how that is. Looks like she's back to being a Valkyrie. So this is almost like if it was in that, you know, when she went to, to the Sphere of the Gods, it seems. So, looks cool. Which is not the most exciting thing for me to hear, but I mean, no, but it's a one shot, so yeah. we'll we'll see. Um, yep. Uh, 
Dark Crisis Young Justice Force is the miniseries that's run alongside the the main book. Uh, Megan Fitzmartin is the writer on this, and I'm only pointing yeah. that out because that's also who's doing the Tim Drake book. So yeah, almost seems like that might be a lead in kind of. Uh, oof, that cover. That's not a good haircut for my boy Connor. Not a <laughs> not feeling that. I really showed his Luther side there. Uh, oof. Yeah, uh, but that Cassie cover's nice. Okay. Oh, that's all right. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. not bad. Uh, Flash seven eight six is next. Um, so this is actually one of the, this is like after the three part that ties mm-hmm. into Dark Crisis. So this is back to just being the Wally book. Um, anyway, you got all the family on the cover there, which is quite nice because mm-hmm. uh, I do like the book focusing on that side of things. So yeah, that's very nice. Uh, looks like Green Lantern might be involved in this as well. Hal yeah, Jordan seems to be on one of the covers. Yeah, that uh, yeah. looks like. Yeah, I'm trying to go through the other ones, but the uh, arrow disappeared, so I think at the end. I used to just do a circle. I don't know what's going on with my but th- today, but yeah. Uh, I'll that, open on, on art, too, so that should be good. Yeah, there we go. Deceased World of the Undead Gods, issue two. Obviously, this is the the big trilogy ender to the Deceased yep. saga. So, very cool. Um, they have an X-Men homage cover. I love it. I'm going to have to get that cover. Oh yeah, we do. Yeah, that that font and the, the sort of the angle, of the text is very yeah, X Men. Yeah, yeah. Mary Marvel, and it looks like Barda, and Wonder Woman, and Flash. So, <clears throat> yeah, pretty... um, yeah, pretty. Neat. Uh, we got Superman Warworld Apocalypse issue one. So this is a special one shot to sort of mark Oof. the the end of the Warworld saga. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of cool. That it gets a big finale like this. Uh, art by Brandon Peterson and Will Conrad. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see how separate it feels because it's a shame that we might not have, you know, the regular artist for yeah. the finale potentially here. So I wonder if this is more of an epilogue, uh-huh. uh, but it does say it's all led to the final battle. So maybe that does sell it because the ending. Yeah, it sounds like this might just be the big end capper, the Omega issue, if you will. Yeah, uh, um, which is cool. I think Brandon Peterson did the House of L art uh, in those... Mm. Uh, what was that in the future state stories? And that art was pretty good. So I mean, oh, um, but I get what you're feeling. It is nice though that you know we'll get the regular issue of action, yeah. and then this will come quite soon after. Mm-hmm. So it'll feel like a nice big sort of quick finish uh, yeah. to the the thing. Uh, that that other cover though with Superman and Mongol fighting uh, looks really nice. It, it's really good, but then the the looks like a pulp novel cover. So it's it's the last one on here. It has oh, the ridges. The, I think that's the main. The, that's the main cover, is it not? Oh, I don't know. It is fantastic. Uh, Distress cover variant, but yeah, by Steve Beach. I wonder how much upsell that'll be, because this is the cover I'm gonna want. Uh, the the body, the head to body proportions a little bit weird, but I do like the main cover, which is the the planet yeah. above uh Superman with the light, yeah, thing, uh, mm-hmm. or whatever it is. <laughs> Very nice. But yeah, looks really yeah. cool. Actually, comics one thousand forty-seven. Unsurprisingly, next, I did not like that first cover it's shown me. No, what is with it those looks, faces? It looks like have you seen those? Uh, they've been going around Twitter. Well, they'll put the uh, like a phrase into AI, uh, and they'll try to make. Th- that's kind of what it reminded me of. Where it's like it's not bad, but it's it's uncanny valley, right? Like they're almost they're they're not flawed enough. They're too smooth. Yeah, the second cover I like a lot more. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I mean, Superman looks a lot more old school face wise than he usually does. Yeah. He looks more like mm-hmm. a he looks more like a George Rivera Superman, but yeah. it's a very nice cover though. Otherwise, um, so this is cool. So this is actually, uh, is this the post War World issue? It is. Yeah. It's, so this is uh, after the the, the big afternoon. finale. Yeah. That's cool. And this is a countdown to it kicks off the countdown to Action Comics one thousand fifty, which I feel like they might make a big deal about. <laughs> I feel they will too. Probably yeah, as, long as, as long as Johnson's staying on after War World, I'll be happy. That's, that's all I want. Yeah, he's well. He seems to be at least. Yeah, I mean, maybe one. At 000. least a ten fifty. Yeah, right. Yeah, one thousand fifty could be like the transition issue potentially yeah. if he is moving on. But we'll see. I, I hope he's got a whole other like, you know, a thing after Saga where he's got like a whole yeah. other saga to do. Yeah. I'd be but more that, than happy with that. That second uh, one that you brought up, like, he looks like George Reeves. Um, I, that's what I feel about all of like everyone feels a little bit off Lex mm. and it looks like uh, is that supposed to be Mongol or or Dark Side? I guess supposed to be Dark Side. Yeah, and Jimmy like it all feels a little bit off, which is kind of I mean I feel like that's what they're going for. But yeah, it's a neat looking cover though. Like from yeah. an art, art perspective, oh, yeah. I think it looks quite cool. But I think that's the same artist that did the War World cover we were talking about. Yeah, Steve Beach. Um, oh, okay. Liked, okay. So. That's cool. Uh, Batman Hush issue one Batman <laughs> Day special, so it's just a what a cheap version of yeah Hush. Well, it's always even... keeping always keeping this in print. Well, I say Hush. It's, it's Batman six oh eight. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's that... the first. Yeah, it's yeah. the first Hush. Yeah, so it's the first issue of that arc. Uh, just mm-hmm. yeah, okay, cool. Uh, Batman's mystery casebook. Batman. Day... So I guess Batman Day is in September. If this wasn't obvious mm-hmm. <laughs> by now. Uh, then Flashpoint Beyond issue five, so that is issue five of six. So we'll see what sort of train wreck we're we're getting to by that point. I'm, I'm seeing uh, Captain Cold on the cover here, so that's cool. Oh, oh, oh yeah, I see, yeah, oh, close up of the eye, not bad. Uh, DC Horror presents Sergeant Rock versus the Army of the Dead. This is what we talked about last week. Bruce Campbell writing, yeah. <laughs> bizarre, but very cool. He's on art. I am so here for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Human Target issue 7 super exciting Human Target's back in September yeah. and would you believe it it has some fantastic covers uh, to grace us with I, yeah Tom King showed out that first cover and I couldn't help myself I had to share it back out um, I hope they put together like a portfolio kind of thing with all of these covers mm. when it's all done because Smallwood's killing it like these yeah. pulpy you know, homage kind of covers or, you know, sending yeah. me, as the kids say. Even that uh, second cover with Fire and Ice uh, mm-hmm. with the target kind of over everyone looks really good yep. as well. There's a, there's a lot of good stuff going on here. Is that, is that uh, that's Art Germ? No, that's the third one, is it not? Oh, is, that third? is that him? Oh, that is. Yeah, the third so one. That's uh, Matina, uh, is the one that you, the second one. Yeah, that I make right. the mistake of reading these in order, so. Like, I figure, like, oh, Smallwood's one. Variant covers is Art Germ. They yeah, the, the order the covers so, are in does not correlate the order of the names and no. the solicit, yeah. Yeah, so, but yeah, no, all, all those covers. Yeah, I haven't realized that was Matina, but surprise, surprise, yeah. I like a Matina cover. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> um, Dark Knights of Steel, Tales from the Three Kingdoms, issue one. Ooh. This is a 48-page one-shot. I guess it's just an extra tie-in with some different stories uh, and set in the world yeah. of uh, Dark Knights of Steel, so we got one story seemingly by Tom Taylor, one by Jay Kristoff, and one by C.S. Picat. Uh, 
art by Nathan Gooden and others, so they've not maybe finalized the artist yet, but uh, yeah, so stories to find Bruce Sala and Kalel. So, oh, that Wonder Woman on a on the Pegasus cover is uh, mm-hmm. very, very, very pretty. Uh, that's Dan, is that Dan Mora? Uh, I don't know. No, I must be one of the other two because it's like uh, the, the one in 25 and 150. It doesn't look yeah. like Dan Mora. I'm sure Dan Mora's know. cover's good too. Yeah, I, yeah I, I'm like, that Dan Moore is the one that's like the little Batman kid with the sword. Yeah, that's I was Dan gonna Mora. say that has to be. That's the only one that feels like Mora. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know who did the Wonder Woman on the Pegasus one, but I really like that cover. Yeah. How do you yeah. tell about the next one, Matt? Well, I let the cat. Gotcha. So next up, Batman: The Audio Adventures Number One by Dennis McNicholas, art by Anthony Marquise and Jay Bone. Um. So I remember hearing about this. They on HBO Max, they were doing it's like a radio drama. Uh, so it seems like uh, oh no, this is a sequel to that. It says don't touch that dial. Picking up right after the season finale of the award-winning podcast Batman: The Audio Adventures, continues a new seven-issue miniseries. A string of attacks is by Gotham City underbelly, sending criminals into a panic. But it's not Batman who's striking the heart of the city, but a group of mysterious assailants on the hunt for an ancient artifact. Uh, as Batman hunts down these assassins. Uh, he finds clues that keep drawing him to the true goal, the sword of King Scimitar. This is my kind of stuff. Yeah, it's a seven-issue mini. That main cover's quite nice. It's like Batman yeah. on a radio tower. Uh, but, uh, oh, it looks like the old RKO yeah. logo. Yeah, yeah just the radio you... signal's going out. Um, yeah, this is this seems fun. I might have to catch up on that podcast. Is that... Do I have it? I'm going to look real quick. Yeah. I mean, Look I at me listen. going out finding more Batman. <laughs> I hate this. Yeah, I've not listened to it, but I may try the, the comic when it comes out. I mean... Yeah? Yeah, well, why not, I guess. Uh, next up, Batman Nightwatch issue one? What's this, a, what's this book? <laughs> this is a... Is this an anime tie-in thing or something? After mm-hmm. a massive breakout Arkham Asylum, Batman and his team are on a mission to bring all the escapees back. First in the list is Clayface, using social media, Batgirl taps into the informal network to track the villain throughout the city. This inspires Penny One to create more organized network of informants and spies called Nightwatch. Okay. Hmm. It's only two ninety nine, so I, 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 this does feel like a sort of young, a more younger skewing book, because if you look at the yeah. cover, the art just feels a bit well, more... Yeah, it looks like the animated series era Batmobile in there. Um, yeah, cool. and Batgirl's in her like Burnside outfit, so this mm-hmm. is definitely not necessarily, yeah. you know, if I even Batman's yeah. in his uh, well, oh, so looks like his ink costume with the gold around the logo. I, I guess I would have said it's more early rebirth just without the purple cape, yeah, because it's, it's just a gold trim around it, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, that's a weird one, that but but it's a Five-issue miniseries, anyway. So, very mm-hmm. cool. Uh, Black Adam, The Justice Society Files, Atom Smasher, issue one. We knew these one-shots were coming. They're, you mm-hmm. know, building up to the release of the movie. Uh, this one is by Kevin Scott and Brian Q. Miller, which, yep. obviously, I'm excited to see that name. Uh, yeah. Give him an ongoing DC. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but, uh, art by Travis Mercer and Marco Santucci. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I do, I, I actually quite like that, that main cover. Uh, looking up at the giant Atom Smasher. Mm-hmm. Kind of neat. Yeah, I love Atom Smasher as a character. Um, yeah, it makes me miss the JSA. Yeah. Uh, Titans United Blood Pact, issue one. 
This is a six-issue miniseries that's starting, uh, written by Kevin Scott and art by Lucas Meyer. Uh, the Titans are back, united against the common foe, aren't they? All seems lost when Tim Drake wakes out of uniform and seemingly out of time. Surely he was just fighting alongside Nightwing, Superboy, Starfire, Beast Boy, and Donna Troy. But where is Raven and what links her to the Fearsome Five? A blood sacrifice is coming that will change the world forever. (laughs) So this is like most... I think it's a sequel to that, what was that, Titans Hunt? Oh yeah, maybe. Uh, The... You know, Kevin Scott did that one too. What's so. weird? What's weird is it's like a it's a it's like a mashup of the new Teen Titans and like mm-hmm. the the John's era Young Justice. Teen Titans. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Interesting mix. Okay, that's cool. Uh, Shazam Thundercrack. Uh, this is 160 page. This is one of the young adult uh, graphic novels. This that is looks a- fun. I like yeah. Talkie Tawny. Yeah. Art and written by uh, Yehudi Mercado. Uh, apologies if I'm butchering that, but I think I got that right. I think you, you think you got it pretty pretty on there. Yeah. So, yeah, cool. I guess. Uh, uh, it says that it's set in the movie uh, timeline. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, it says it's set within the movie timeline, showing Freddy's vlog with superhero training montages, family pranks, and a new gig he took to monitor Billy's football practices. And the cheerleading squad really needed a new mascot. So that's, I see the crutch on there. So he's in the tiger uniform. Okay. Well, that could be fun. Okay. Uh, we got Catwoman Lonely City. Obviously, this has been coming out. The final mm-hmm. issue is coming out in August. So they're soliciting the trade of issues one to four. Um, it'll be 208 pages. I'm sure this will be a very nice hardcover. Because uh, it's yeah. a very pretty book. Um. Uh, Batman Shadow War trade coming out. Obviously, is basically the alpha through the Omega issue with the, yep. the, all the two issues of all the other stuff. Uh, Shadow War Zone one shot is in there as well, which is fine for completion's sake. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it'll slow right down though when you get to that part of the book. But <laughs> you know, screech to a halt. So yeah, this is a three hundred page hardcover, so it'll, it's a meaty little book. Uh, so that's cool. Uh, DC poster portfolio, George Perez. Ah. Uh, yep. 42-page poster portfolio. Interesting. Mm-hmm. What, what's the dimensions on this? Is this, is this quite it's, big? 12 by 16. Uh, 12 by 16, so... Pretty big. Yeah, that's much bigger than... A regular. A regular comic, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Most of my poster prints I get from Con that are the those kind of... Medium-sized ones are 14 by 17. Um, so this is a little bit smaller than that. But not by much. Yeah. Oh, it's just because you obviously are charging like a, a trade paperback yeah. price mm-hmm. for just, you know, 42 pages. Right. I'm assuming the, the pages are nice and big and whatever. So Yeah, so you can really get into the detail. <clears throat> All right, Harley Quinn issue 22. Uh, Connor will be excited to see that because... Rosmo's on another book, oh. it means that we've got a different artist on this. Uh, Matteo Lolly is the artist on this Harley Quinn issue. For Connor, it really was a monkey paw, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, he finally got Rosmo off Harley, but onto the onto the character he's been like dreaming of getting a book for, yeah. for years. Uh, there's a Dark Knight Returns homage cover here where it's mm-hmm. like Harley's inserted onto it, uh, which is yeah, amazing. Which I think is the, the Ryan Sook one? Or that looks like a lot of fun. Um, I have to assume that from an artist's point of view, that do do just adding the Harley silhouette to that is probably the easiest p- 
like cover he's ever drawn, probably. Yeah. <laughs> but I like to think he draws the whole thing still, though. And it just and it just colors it in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe. Uh, so then we got Detective Comics one thousand sixty four. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, we're looking forward to uh, Ram V's debut next month. <laughs> Whoever that villain is is terrifying me. Pretty uh, cool. Yeah. Uh, oh, the main cover's got like a musical notes made out of sc- uh, skulls and bones, which is kind of neat. Oh, that is real cool. I like that. Yeah. It's, it's a cool little thing. Uh, then we got Action Comics issue one facsimile edition. No, they have to have done this before, right? This is not the first. I don't think they. I don't think they have. They haven't. I think um um the one guy I follow on Twitter that has the comic shop. I'm giant trying to name. I'm trying to blank on him. Is like I don't think he said he doesn't think they've ever done an action number one facsimile that wasn't like a part where this is just the action comics one. Yeah. Um, they've done like reprints and trades and stuff, but yeah, no, I'll definitely be getting this. Oh yeah, it's been in tons of it's been in tons of golden age collections, but you would yeah. just think this would be the first one they'd do. <laughs> yeah. It's literally the birth of DC Comics in many ways. Mm-hmm. I mean, not actually, but you know, you know what I mean. No. Of the era that we reckon. You know, it's, it's the first issue yeah. of Superman, who's the first modern superhero. You know? right. So it's, yeah. Uh, but hey, you yeah, know, there you go. Uh, Aquaman Andromeda, issue three, super excited. I'm a little hurt that it's going to take till September to get the third issue. Yeah. So it's every other month, obviously. Uh, but really loved that first issue, so super excited to get this final one. Yep. So, very cool. That main cover is gorgeous. Uh, Batgirl's issue 10. Um, Neil Gooch on the art for this one, interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Corona's still doing the cover, uh, which is cool, but yeah. Maybe maybe Gooch is just a uh, you know a fill-in. Well, oh. no, because there's a different artist on the issue I'm talking about today as well. It's not Corona. Ah, uh, shoot. Uh, so I think Corona's off the book. Uh, Dang. I don't know if Gooch, I mean, Gooch may still be a fill-in for the new artist. Right. <laughs> but, well, I mean, right. we'll see. But, uh, yeah. So, Steph has a date with an actual boy? Okay, that sounds amusing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's cool Batman Beyond Neo Year issue 6 so that's uh, wrapping up with its final issue uh, we have Batman Beyond the White Knight issue 5 we have Batman Fortress issue 5 uh, did you ever go back and read that first issue? I did not because no. you didn't you didn't give me uh, inspiration I just want to hear yeah. someone else tell me I'm not crazy yeah. and it's actually as bad as I thought it was but okay. everyone else is like been scared off for reading it. <laughs> did, did Connor not read it? No, no. Yeah, he, I, I think he had a lot of books to catch up on, so he ended up like he had he gotcha. had to read like three issues of every book he had that week. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> uh, Batman the Night issue nine. Uh, finally, finally getting to to Roz proper. That's oh yeah, exciting. Yeah, yeah this is a nine of ten, so this is the penultimate mm-hmm. issue. Uh, so very cool. Uh, Batman Urban Legends issue nineteen. Um, what have we got here? You got Brandon Thomas, Brandon Easton, Chris Burnham, Zach Thompson, and Joey Esposito. Oh, Joey! Amongst okay. the writers, yeah. Uh, and then amongst the arts, you got Alberto Jimenez. Uh, sorry, Alberto Jimenez Albuquerque. All three of the names are his. Yeah. Uh, Will Robson, Chris Burnham, Hidden Sherman, and Michael Yannon on the art. Imagine being Alberto Jimenez Albuquerque and you get a, the name. We're getting Jimenez Albuquerque to do the art. I know. Like, <laughs> Sounds like two other artists. Oh, that's one guy. Oh, you know. What has his career been like? 
I hope for his sake his art's pretty good because otherwise, yeah. <laughs> otherwise he's he's going to be compared to two of the greats. <laughs> um, Batman Superman World's Finest issue seven. Uh, yeah, I keep forgetting this is an ongoing. I keep thinking it's going to yeah. say final mm-hmm. issue, but <laughs> it's not going. Uh, this is the start of a new story arc, actually. So this is the untold story of Superman's short-lived sidekick. Uh, is it last revealed? Uh, but what a secret connection to one of DC's most timeless tales does this story foreshadow? Only time will tell. So this is Mark Wade playing with uh, DC continuity a little bit yeah. again. So yeah, introducing but, Boy Thunder. It, I think it's interesting Ooh. that he's wearing very Lex Luthor colors. To be honest, very Lex Luthor colors. It's also very Legion. Mm. Like the name, like Boy Thunder. So that's where only time will tell. So I'm wondering if this is a Legionnaire come back from the future. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, so. Yeah, you know, I kind of like that second cover as well. It's the one that's Batman mm-hmm. and Superman at the top, and it's like the statue with like Gotham yeah. and Metropolis at the bottom. I kind of like that. It looks like an like um an old movie cover, like yeah. an old poster. I wouldn't say I love their faces. It's the only thing giving me pause. Yeah. But I love how the texture of everything and how it love looks. the texture, and I love that the the scales of justice split Metropolis and Gotham. You know, yeah, yeah. along these clean lines of day and night. Uh, back to the old adage that the early DC treated Metropolis and Gotham is the same city, just one a day and one a night. So that's uh, pretty cool. But no, that's a very nice cover. Mm, very nice. Uh, Black Adam issue four, Christopher mm. Priest's uh, book. Well, obviously, it's, it's not quite started yet, so we don't have any opinions on it. But, uh, you know, it's a very nice cover, though, that first one. I think it's a variant. I don't think it's the main mm-hmm. cover. Or maybe it is yeah. the main cover. I don't know. It's hard to tell. There's a lot of covers, but uh, you're the... The uh, demon. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but I don't know if you know who that character is necessarily. Uh, no, the, it must white, be... It's a, it's a white Shazam suit with a red cape. Yeah. I'm not sure who that is. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a new character that's introduced in the book, or maybe it's like... I don't know. But... Uh, it's his uh, youthful successor. So uh, it says, it's, Meanwhile, it's, Adam is discussed etrigan an unlikely ally to either train his youthful successor or kill him so he's got a so new it looks like it's protege. legacy yeah okay yeah okay i'm gonna call him black adam jr maybe we have captain or Shazam jr he's be captain marvel jr that may be what what it is um, i don't know <laughs> we'll yeah. find out uh blood syndicate season one issue five uh so that's uh coming up that's we milestone got... yeah yeah yeah. Uh, Catwoman issue 47, Teeny Howard, Nico Leon still going. The covers are still great for this, but uh, it does have that character that I instantly hated yep. in that yeah, first issue. Yeah, we, we both did not like, so... Uh, Although but, that Tila Lote cover, ooh-wee, those colors. It's a very pretty covers, uh, yeah. no denying that. DC vs. Vampires issue ah, 9. Here we go. Yeah, yeah, uh, 9 of 12. So, let's right. So you've got uh, Supergirl and... Who's that? Is that... I'm going to say that's Kath. Is it the Kath or Huntress, based on the hair and the yeah. color combos? Could, so. could be Huntress. I, I was almost had to say Harper, maybe? Yeah. Well, Huntress is on the other cover. Ah, uh, yeah, she is. You're right. Yeah, Huntress. And uh, or it could be Jaina, too, because it's purple. Oh, um, yeah, and she's on, yeah, she's on the on third the cover. cover. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. They've, they've given us two purple related characters that, <laughs> yeah. that, that we're confused. Be. Uh, and obviously, along with that is DC vs. Vampires All at War issue 3, which is the mini that's running alongside the last half of the book. Yep. Uh, so, um, that's Matthew Rosenberg with Alex uh, Pacnadel. Was he on the... Was he, did he have a co-writer in the previous issues? I don't remember him doing so. I don't so. remember. I, I don't think he did. I think this is maybe a new thing. Uh, 
the blood farm. But all cool, all cool. Um, but yeah, oh, it was a Starfire cover. Uh, then a Dead Man cover. Yeah. Uh, we got DC Mech issue three. This is the 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 robot mm-hmm. equivalent to the Jurassic League, which we're hoping will be good, but uh, we'll find yeah. out. We'll find out. No. No, no um, wow. variants to show. So I wanted to see the Dan Moore variant, but well, I oh, can there see, it is. I can see them, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Gosh, so, then we got Deathstroke Inc. issue thirteen. Ed Brisson writing with Dexter mm-hmm. Soy on art. Uh, so skills. I mean, that first cover there is quite good. It's uh, Deathstroke mm-hmm. Lucian for his helmet. It's a very yep. nice cover. But the set, that, that red cover as well is quite nice. That is sinister. Yeah. Even the third cover's still pretty good. The Deathstroke King's got a lot of good covers for issue 13. Yeah. Yeah, not bad. Uh, Duo issue 5. Uh, the Greg Pak Mailstone book. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can see that. Fables issue 155. Uh, Future State Gotham issue 17. Uh, still going. Still not final issue. This is yeah. defying the odds. Uh, I Am Batman issue 13. Uh, mm-hmm. Coming out. And then we got Looney Tunes issue 268, uh, Multiverse 18 Justice issue 4. I did start reading this, and um, it wasn't, it was pretty good. Um, I might just wait and, and knock it all out, but it's, they're doing a Sister Blood story, the Church of Blood, hmm. um, which I'm, I'm always a fan of that, the Titans versus, you know, the Church of Blood. So, um, but the, the voices on the characters was, was real nice. Uh, it seems like the Robin here is a, a Damien um, uh, version. So they were, um, her name was Talia in, in this one. So we'll, we'll see how that ends up. Chase, you wonder if Talia's Batwoman? I don't know how, how that Earth works, but yeah, it seems pretty fun. Yeah, interesting. Uh, we got Nightwing, issue 96, obviously. Highlight of the month mm-hmm. every month. Um, but yeah. Um, so it seems to be dealing with some Dick and Bob's relationship stuff, going by the description and cover. Uh, <laughs> the Brady Bunch cover is great. Yeah. Uh, there's also one where it's uh, Dick bursting through, kind of like you know that original you know Batman cover yeah. where he's bursting through the uh, the thing, but it's like it's all of his Bat family kind of on the yeah behind him. Uh, not 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 too shabby. Um, no. Yeah. Uh, more about Dick and Babs uh, later today. Yeah. In fact. Uh-huh. Uh, so very cool. Uh, and Richard Dondo is on this issue, so that's, that's mm-hmm. good. Good to see. Uh, Nubia Queen of the Amazons issue four. This is the final issue of this mini series. This is the Stephanie Phillips, sorry Stephanie Williams written book uh, with Alita Martinez and Mark Morales on art. We have Poison Ivy issue four. Yep. Wait, is this, an that... is this an ongoing? Is this an So it seems like. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm not seeing. I'm sure I've, I've probably asked this every solicit. This is <laughs> this is shown up in. Yeah. I keep expecting it's a it's a mini, but it's not. Uh, all right, well, cool. Uh, and I'm sure this. Poison Ivy always seems to get nice covers. Yep. I, I think because they know that uh, all the weirdos who like her uh, are the perverts who'll. Hi, it's me. Buy the covers. <laughs> Her and Harley got all the perverted covers. Yep. <laughs> uh, Superman, Son of Kal-El, issue 15. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
get seeing terminally still in art so it's uh consistent what's going on right now uh so very nice mm-hmm. uh we got superman space age issue two this is the mark russell uh three issue prestige 80 page yeah with mike Allred on <laughs> art yeah um yeah i forgot about this i assume i assume this wasn't in the last list but the first issue was maybe like two months yep. ago so it was yeah uh, and that's why I don't remember it as well. But uh, very neat, very neat. Uh, it'd be nice if uh, that comes out in a by a week. Mm-hmm. At least the first one to give it a try, anyway. Uh, sort of Asriel issue two, Dan Waters book uh, issue two of six. Uh, um, vengeance. That's the Bane clone, right? That showed up in Joker. Yeah, yeah, the the Lady Bane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that, cool. That's why I'm, I'm, I'm excited yeah. for this. I like Dan Waters, um, and uh, I'm going to butcher the same. Shomeja art yeah. is pretty good. Uh, I think it's the Middleton cover. It looks really nice. Mm-hmm. It's just like the Asriel, but with the mask on, and just like with the sword, yeah. Yeah, like the, like the old, like he's wearing an actual suit of armor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's quite nice. Um, so yeah, all 12 Asriel fans can rejoice. You've got yeah, Asriel right. mini coming. Uh, it's very good. Task Force Z issue twelve, the final issue of Task Force mm-hmm. Z. Uh, the teasing big things. Yeah, very good, very good. So we'll see how that wraps up. Uh, Jurassic League issue five, the penultimate issue of that, mm-hmm. coming in September. Um, so very very good. Uh, the new champion Shazam issue two. This is the the Josie Campbell and Doc Shaner, uh, Mary Marvel four issue mini. This is issue two of that. So, excited to get to this. I've been looking forward to this ever since it was first teased. Yep. So, very, very cool. And now we got Nice House in the Lake, issue 10. Uh, not really much to say, other than just it's been mm. fantastic. Uh, and that yeah. cover is beautiful, yet disgusting. Gives me the, the heebie-jeebies. It is uh, one of the female characters walking in to a pool of worms. Yep. And <laughs> she is in a bikini. Yep. So... It's disgusting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Sandman Universe Nightmare Country, issue 6. Uh, so that's continuing on. Wonder Woman, issue 791. Mm-hmm. It's coming. Uh, it's the team that Ooh. we've uh, been used to. Um, uh, although Margaret Savage is on the art, as opposed yeah. to Lupacino. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's neat. Uh, Young Justice Targets, issue 3. So that tie into the the things going on, mm-hmm. uh, and then when we get to the trades, I'll on the couple they highlight in the middle for whatever reason. Uh, right. We have American Vampires nineteen seventy six uh, getting collected, uh, which is interesting because obviously we know that uh, they're starting the omnibus line uh, mm-hmm. for for this as well. So you you have the options for how to collect this depending on what you want. Uh, Aquaman Green Arrow Deep Targets getting collected. Batgirls Volume 1 with the first uh, six issues. Uh, also has the backups from Batman 115 to 117, which makes sense. You know, but I remember what they... I, I think I remember what those are in my head, so that makes mm-hmm. sense. Although, if you'd asked me to say what, what was that, I, I would have guessed Detective, but I mean, I, I'm probably just misremembering. <laughs> yeah, I, I would have said the same thing. I'm sure, I'm sure they're right. I'm sure it's the right things. Uh, Book of Magic Omnibus Volume 3. This is... And they're building this Sandman, Sandman Universe classics uh these books that they're they're collecting uh this is a bunch of mini series uh and actually that's way more than that 
it's got two mini series and then a 25 issue series and then a 15 issue series so it's quite a hefty book 1200 pages so i'm sure don't people drop who, it on your foot oh yeah i'm sure people who love uh the sandman universe stuff are salivating that all these big collections it's getting uh soul plumbers getting a trade so cool it's actually it's a hardcover i should say uh yeah. it's getting a hardcover treatment uh grace and the super spy omnibus uh getting a reprint so uh, i do appreciate them reprinting their omnibuses uh yep makes makes it more easy to get into it later down the line if you you don't have to worry that you're there day one for everything mm-hmm. so that's cool refrigerator full of heads getting a hardcover i have to pick that up uh tales of the amazons uh which is uh kind of a hodgepodge of things uh it's so it's got Aramis Wanted Issue 1, Olympus Rebirth Issue 1, Nubia Coronation Special Issue 1, along with stories from Wonder Woman 781 to 784, so I assume that's the backups, and, that's, then, yeah. and then stories from Wonder Woman 80th Anniversary, 100 page spectacular. Which probably put in, this is all the setup for the War of the Amazons. Yeah, um, that, that, sounds like a, trial. that sounds like a real mix of just random things that didn't fit anywhere else to mm-hmm. me. But it's got a Nicola Scott cover, so that's. Uh, I mean, that's cool, yeah. And she's that's draw- pretty nice. And she's, you know, she's drawing all the main characters, which is cool. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. yes, uh, but unless you're just like a Wonder Woman completionist who reads everything in trade and wants to make sure you get everything, mm-hmm. this is a really hard sell to me. Yeah. So. Cool. Um, Teen Titans Academy Volume Two: Exit Wounds. Yeah, have it. Uh, the Joker Volume 1 uh, trade paperback. Uh, this is issue 1 to 5 and some other short stories. They don't even tell us what it is, just other short stories. <laughs> Very good. Mm-hmm. Wonder Woman Evolution, just collecting the recent uh, mini. And that wraps up the solicits. So, yeah, the solicits. Yay. <laughs> yeah, there wasn't really a lot of new stuff there. There was a couple of weird new minis that I didn't see coming. But Well, that... it seems like uh, Robin has shifted to Tim Drake Robin. Um, and that's why Williamson is no longer writing that book, which as a fan of that book makes me a little sad. Yeah. It, it's going to a Tim Drake with Riley Rosma art, which I can say I am not reading. Um, I, I don't think we'll that. be lacking for Damien though. No, and that's, that's fine. But it's just, I love the vibe of that Williamson book and it makes you wonder what Williamson has up his sleeve uh, next since after dark crisis. I, uh, I he's think... off Batman. He's off Robin. Uh, he's not on Flash. So we'll we'll see. Maybe he's not on Deathstroke. Yeah, so. he'll he'll be on something. I wouldn't. He, yeah. Whatever, whatever comes out at the end of Dark Crisis, I'm sure okay. he's on something. Probably yep. a Justice League book, if I was to guess. Yep. That that would make a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So not bad. Um. I you know I think Damien will be he'll pop up in Nightwing. He'll pop up in either Batman or Detective. I think mm-hmm. we'll be seeing plenty of Damien without worrying about it. Yeah. Um. Uh, and who knows? Maybe they'll even announce a new Teen Titans book or something. Uh. In the near future. Could be. Maybe if they do a Teen Titans with his his little group of murderers and he's teaching them not to murder from the island, that, that'd be fun. And who knows, maybe that'll even be uh, Williamson doing that book. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, hey ho. Um, all right. Uh, that is the solicits. So, we can get on to the book stand for the week. So, Superman, Son of Kal-El, issue 12, Tom Taylor writing, C and Tourney, or Tourney on the art. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's some interesting stuff here. Uh, once again, Dick Grayson appears <laughs> in this mm-hmm. issue. 
What a nice cross-pollination with uh, Tom Taylor's books right now. I've seen people complain about this, but for the story that he's telling in Nightwing about Dick being um, John's mentor, of course him going to talk to Luther makes sense. It's billionaire to billionaire. You know? So well, sometimes I feel like people just want to complain. I would slightly correct you there and say, that's not a story in Nightwing, that's a story in Superman, Son of kal that's what I meant. <laughs> which is he's using, which he's is using Nightwing, which, in which makes it even more valid though, because it's this book story that he's his mentor. Right. Uh, right. So, yeah. yeah, that's what I meant to say. Um, but yeah, I've seen people complain about it. There's too much crossover, and I, I don't. It's, it's not like this is impacting Nightwing at all. No, you no, know? you, you don't so, have to read Nightwing to understand what's going on here, nope. and vice versa. So, yep. Um. So yeah, uh, obviously John's frustrated because he wants to go after Bendix, but Batman's like, no, you need some proof first. You need to, mm-hmm. you know, do something. Uh, there's a sort of fun sequence at the start where something breaks the uh, the perimeter uh, where the the Kents are staying, and mm-hmm. it turns out it's just crypto. So it's a false alarm, and everyone's just happy to see him. Although that Bruce is like, do you know how much defenses that dog just destroyed? <laughs> I I love that, and Crypto's just there trying to help out. So yeah, that was nice. Yeah, uh, but basically they agree that they have to get some use Lex for info because Lex has been working with mm-hmm. Bendix, um, and the plan uh, is like not to sneak someone in, but in actual fact, uh, mm-hmm. Lex wants to see Dick Grayson because Dick Grayson's been yep. making big waves with his money, uh, so Lex wants to see him. So Dick plants a bug mm-hmm. in Lexi's office, which is kind of the the big plot beat. And they listen to what's going on for the rest of the day. And they only have a day because they know that Lex probably sweeps his office for bugs like every day. So yep. we, we get the rest of today and then we can wipe it and, mm-hmm. you know, off we go. Uh, so it really does sound like though, there's a lot of world leaders who are into this, uh, this you know, the rising and wanting yeah. to t- take the world back from the superheroes. And, and it goes in with what the story that Taylor started in Suicide Squad, you know, about there's there's... You know, the people that are in charge are, are you know, doing things, I'm trying to find the right word, uh, you know, in the shadows to keep their power. And then, that, like, with the Lex kind of hints at Dick, like, hey, you're doing a little bit too much good. Um, people are going to start thinking that's what everybody should do. You know, and there's, there's kind of some real world echoes there, you know. Um, and I just like that through line that's going through these Tom Taylor books. Yeah, so Lex and Bendix mention a senator, not by name, but uh, obviously they do some digging, and mm-hmm. John comes to see the senator uh, with Jay there with his camera and poses some questions like, you know, you, you arranged the transfer of these prisoners, and this is like, you know, what it led to kind of thing. It just puts him on the spot right there in front of everyone, and he, he gets very, you know, <sighs> confrontational about it, of course. He gets caught off guard. Um,. But of course, it turns out um, that this senator, just like the other superpowered beings, is is you know got an implant or whatever and is controlled by Bendix. So it it turns into a monster. Although it does look quite dark at first, though, because Crypto senses that he's about to change and blasts uh-huh. him with heat vision, and everyone's yeah. like, "What the hell? The dog Your just dog. killed the senator!" Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then he turns into this big like Kraken style monster, and it's Bendix talking through him, and John's like, "Hey, you know, I'm going to stop you, Bendix." Yada yada yada. Um, and Bendix, you know, he lets a lot of his sort of true colors come out here, where he's like. 
you know, no one wants a half-human, half-alien to be our hero. Like, you're an abomination. So a lot of his prejudice starts to come out. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of the themes of the book start to really come in. Well, and I felt that was also not just, you know, the stuff that's come out with John, right, is that he's bisexual. And a lot of the, you know, not-so-nice takes about this, I felt that was Taylor also channeling that a little bit. You know, like, we've always had that Lex is, is when it comes to Superman, he's resentful because he's an alien. But now, you know, John, that kind of applies, but it also applies to, you know, his, his own personal life. And I feel it makes Bendix that much more dastardly when you read it through that lens. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if... I mean, I don't even think Bendis knows or cares about that, like, detail, but from a meta level, it definitely that's, represents it to us. Right, that's what I mean. And that's how that's how I read it. And it's just, you know, Taylor's very transparent about the harsh stuff that gets sent his way, and then he makes fun of it. So just knowing that that's there, seeing that and him calling him an abomination, all this other stuff, it definitely felt like there was some meta things going on there. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jay uses his powers to go inside the Kraken and take out the chip that's like, con- you know, helping Bendix control it. And he comes out and he's like, "See, look, I saved the day for once." And John's like, "Hey, Jay, your mask." And he's like, yeah. "Oh shit!" And that's the cliffhanger: is that Jay has unwittingly revealed himself, and there's tons of the public yeah. film in his face. So now they all know that he's the one behind the truth. So that's kind of where we leave mm-hmm. off for next issue. Uh, very quick, brisk read, to be honest. Yeah. Um, mostly enjoyable though i mean i like generally what it's doing and the build to to bendix and just making bendix more of a dastardly villain is yeah. kind of nice because it well, makes you hate him more you know yeah and it, it, to me it also feels like he's worse than lex because like at the end of the day lex's issues to me always reside in jealousy of of superman and envy whereas i feel like bendix doesn't he's not like that at all he's just a power hungry nasty you know gamoran whatever so uh, I do like that they're giving John not just his own Lex, but someone worse than Lex. Mm. Um, you know, so it's nice. Uh, Tormi's art, I, I thought the, like his crypto looks real good. Um, but that monster that the senator turns into, like there's some great body horror stuff yeah, going on in there. I mean, I'd say like, the tentacles just look sort of normal, you know, big octopus mm-hmm. style tentacles, but the face yeah. definitely gave me some... Uh... I'd say some either Hellraiser or perhaps even like From Beyond style body horror. Yeah, I was thinking of like Cronenberg's The Fly. Like, oh yeah, know, yeah, a little bit. Like Cronenberg. When, when the thing gets turned inside out. Um, yeah, you could. Yeah. I, I think between all those examples, people can conjure an image if they haven't yeah. seen it. Um, yeah, but I thought like it, it went from like, oh, this looks nice to oh, that's icky, uh, and that's kind of what you want when someone turns into a ghastly monster controlled by an evil. Um, president slash CEO. Yeah, I mean, I think seeing Tormi, I think, is a really solid artist and mm-hmm. not one that ever, like, I, I'm never wowed by the layouts or anything like that. They're always, you know, no. very, very fine, but never, like, yeah. like something I want to sit and, like, praise completely. But yeah, it, very, very journey, journeyman art where it, it gets the job done. Um, and there are points where it stands out. And I feel like monsters are, are really stick out in my mind with Tormi's art. Because we had that big kaiju mm. that, that came up in the last couple issues. Now you have the tentacle senator. Um, and just, I wonder where this is going. Like, what other things uh, uh, Taylor can throw at him to, to draw. 
So, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, did you? How did you like to feel about the conversation between Dick and Lex about Alfred uh, and Lex talking about him? I I do like that because um, it almost feels like Lex is trying to to get Dick to kind of trying to get him off his his not his high horse. But just it's Lex kind of sticking it to him. It's like, yeah, I always know more than you do, yeah, more than you think I do. So, um, but I thought that it was a, a nice little piece, and just continues to make Alfred, you know, that much more special. Yeah, uh, that's always an interesting little thing. This idea of what mm-hmm. Lex thinks about the fact that mm-hmm. the butler, the you know, the servant of the Wayne family, uh, turned out to actually be a billionaire by the end, but was still operating as Alfred. <laughs> And, yeah. and you know, it obviously doesn't know everything about it, but like right. just this idea that there's something very like humbling about just how Alfred chose not to change who he was based on all this money he seemingly accumulated mm-hmm. throughout yeah. uh, the years is uh is is an interesting little detail. Um, and I think there's this idea that Lex almost doesn't know how to respond to this sort of genuine, like just generosity and. Because uh, right, he's he doesn't think like that. Lex is very focused on Lex. Whereas yeah, Alfred, yeah, but like, who has his life's been in service of others, right? Like yeah, but even when his... he's talking about Dick and he's talking about how you're doing all this for your money, and he's sort of mm-hmm. praising him, but he's kind of doing it this faint way through his teeth um, kind of thing. Yeah, it's all backhanded. It's yeah. Like I, I get the impression Lex thinks Dick's very very naive. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the, well, the that's vibe said, I get like, at in the that beginning scene. where he's like. You're doing all this stuff with your money. You're not going to have the money very long. You know, it's always, you know, it's kind of what we hear when, when people talk about money in the real world, right? Like, how come these people don't do more to help, you know, because then they won't have all their money. And that's how I feel about Lex. Lex. Lex will make a billion robots with his brand on it before he does anything of actual good, you know. But whereas Dick's like, no, I'm going to spend it on the community. For the record, I do believe that Lex, for the public perception that it gives mm-hmm. him, I, I believe he probably spends a fortune in charities every month. Yeah, but I feel like that's still only a drop in the bucket. Of what oh, no. He, yeah, it'll be a drop yeah. in the bucket of what he actually has. But yeah. I, I bet he spends thousands, if not, oh. you know, tens if, of thousands on charity every month. If he has a chance to month. put his name on a kid's hospital, he's yes. doing it. Yeah. Like, I, I can see him with the big check, you know, handing uh-huh. it over in front of the cameras. Like, he's doing that every right. month. I, I guarantee you. That's not his you. focus, right? His yeah. focus is, I'm going to make more money for Lex Luthor, and if that means I'm putting out robots, you know, <laughs> to get blown up by Superman, you know, then that's what I'm going to do. He'll spend his money. He'll spend way more on those robots than he will on the kids' hospital. So, but yeah, no, it's, it's just, it's... I like the story that Taylor's telling through dick and lex and john and you know it really makes john feel of the people you know and dick for a lesser extent too even though he is a billionaire he's using that money that he inherited you know because again it's not his money right it's the money that alfred left him um so it's a little bit different but it just shows the differences between the characters and i like that yeah it's just again a part of the mission statement of this book has been to separate you know set up john and what sort of superman he is and how he's different from his father and mm-hmm. i think it's still doing that uh, up until now so uh yeah what are you giving superman son of kal issue 12 i'm gonna give us an eight yeah um 
I'm going to go 7.5. I like it quite a bit. Uh, I, the only reason why I'm kind of going a little lower is because uh, it is. it feels like one of those issues where just by inherently what it is and what it becomes by the end, it's kind of an in-between issue. So the pacing mm-hmm. is a little, you know, it's not, it's not this perfectly, t- you know, bow-tied issue as opposed to, you know, there's kind of like clear parts to it. Uh, mm-hmm. And the second half feels more about set up the next issue. The first half feels more about dealing with the, the last issue and kind of, you know, I don't know. Like, yeah. But anyway, uh, there you go. Superman, Son of Kal, issue 12. Wonder Woman issue 788. Becky Clooney and Michael Conrad writing with Emanuela Lupacino on the art. So, mm-hmm. uh, obviously, we really only got half of an issue last time because the first half last time was dealing with uh, the, the fallout of the, the crossover. Yeah. Uh, this issue, though, goes into it a bit more. And I kind of love Dr. Psycho selling... Uh, milk. Milk extra. Yeah. And... Just some of the things that come up, so it's basically affecting people and they're testing it because the you know the guys in the bridge last issue were drinking it. Yeah. Um. Some of the lines that came out of this though, like when so there's like protesters outside the Hall of Justice who are all influenced by this milk extra, yep. and they're saying go home, we hate Wonder Woman, she doesn't love America, blah blah, all the, all this crap. Um. Mm-hmm. One of the guys is holding a sign that just says Milkman, and it really made me laugh, and I don't know why, but it did. <laughs> Because, and this is what I love, the, again, to go with the meta, the whole idea that drinking milk makes you more manly. <laughs> like, I don't know if you've ever come across the people that use soy boy as a as a insult, you know, that you drink soy milk because, but whatever. And it's just like a thing where it was like, what, wait, so you think because you drink actual milk, it makes you more masculine? So just this whole idea of the toxic masculinity... No, oh, yeah. Play here, and it's milk. It's not just milk. It's milk extra. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. At one point in the book, Cisco uh, Psycho even says, mm-hmm. um, "This isn't just the milk for babies. This is milk for men." Men, but, right, yeah. right, right, right. <laughs> they're they're playing at that where it's you know, um, you know, I follow through social media a lot of like, like dude things, and I get a lot of ads that come across this, and I always I'm like I don't want to see this like if it comes up on on Twitter. But, you know, when you follow a lot of, like, strength athletes and stuff or a lot of sports stuff, this is the, the stuff that gets marketed your way, you know, and it's just like, oh, this is this is not your, your you know, not a razor for your wife. This is a men's razor. And it's like, well, they they all do the same thing. They all cut hair. What makes it more for men? Because it's blue and shaped, like, a certain way. And it's just it's silly stuff. So I like that. The, the writers here are using Wonder Woman, like the book, to, to show kind of how silly this is. And I feel like Dr. Psycho is the ultimate for that. Because as much as we want to make fun of him, he's one of our most dangerous foes, right? Oh, yeah. Because but he, like, right now, like, he's, he's not as dangerous, but he's, he's a, there's a lot of Homelander-style stuff going on with yeah. him in this book right now, where he's representing a lot of the worst of toxic masculinity. Yep. Um, and... You know, I, you know, watching the boys season three right now, like I'm, I'm seeing a lot of parallels with that. So, so. I had a podcast, uh, not not to go on a sidetrack of the, the boys. Tell me what that opening scene you were referring to a couple of weeks back. Uh huh. And I was like, I got to get caught up on the boys. Not that I want to see that, but the fact that that's how they just <laughs> they decided to open up season three with that scene. Um, yes, I, yeah. I'll just warn you, audience, that there is graphic nudity involved 
with <laughs> with the seed in question, just in case you're yeah. tempted. So just warning. So once warning. Now now that I, I'm caught up on Stranger Things, um, I think I'll I'll get through the boys. Mm. Um, but yes, uh, craziness. But yeah, no here here and then just uh, what are they? Villainy Inc. Just that name is so. It's so stupid, but I love it. Like yeah. it, it just fits in with the overall narrative of this, and um, and how Siegfried, right? How Siegfried plays in all this? Who's like a literal Germanic Nordic, like dude, right? Who's supposed to be this this person that represents masculinity, but even he looks at this and is like, "This is stupid," right? Because um, that's a good point, yeah. Right, and that he he uh, Steve brings some of that milk so they can you know. They can look at what what is in it. They can analyze it, and Siegfried's like, "Oh, milk? No, that's not. We're gonna drink mead, you know." Um, and he's just this this dude that that I don't know. The air, the whatever psycho is paddling, it's not what Siegfried represents, and I like that. I feel like that's gonna come in to play soon uh, about who Siegfried is as this you know medieval warrior. You've also got kind of this uh, weird, like, friendship forming with those two, mm -hmm. which is kind of, you know, amusing. Yeah. Uh, it keeps calling the TV the, uh, was it, the Enchanted Viewing Glass? Enchanted. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, uh, and he ends up running to Etta and Steve when this protest is going on, and they go mm -hmm. down there to try and sort it out. Uh, Wonder Woman's feeling really conflicted before Superman and others leave because, you know, she, she's seeing these protests, she's feeling yeah. kind of out of it. Um, I will say I got a little confused uh, with the book at one point here because there's like a fake Wonder Woman, there's a, you know, one of the reflective the dupes. Wonder Yeah. Um, and at first I wasn't sure if it was telling me that the Wonder Woman we've seen up until this point in the book, in this issue, I mean, uh, was the fake Wonder Woman. But then after the, the glass Wonder Woman, you know, mm -hmm. stirs up some stuff and sets off the explosion in the milk truck, which is there. Right. Um, real Wonder Woman's clearly there helping people move around. So right. um, I was like, oh, that's, I, I think it's just a transition thing. I think when it transitioned to the, the reflective one, she... and, bec and because Cisco says to her, um, what was it? I think he says something like, they're railed up and might think you're the real Wonder Woman. That made me think that the one who already walked out right. was uh, was her. That said, though, now that I'm looking at it, you can see both of them in one of the panels. So to be yeah. fair, the evidence is there to clearly she... show... But the it, dupe also you have to look real closely to see how it's different than our Diana. So there there but I feel like the confusion was kind of the point here. Yeah. Whereas maybe. you know, you're you're supposed to also get lost in the chaos. I mean I think because, it does make it obvious, not just because of the crack on the face, but because of the uh like the coloring's just a bit more muted on the fake right, one. Right. But yeah. I also feel like uh, Cisco treating the dupe the way he does might come into to play as well. Uh, you know, the way that he talks to her and, you know, just uses her as a... Well, not you know, not, not just her, because uh, uh, quite soon after that, as uh, Dr. Poison uh, yeah. shows up, and, you know, this is this is a, a member of Villainy Inc., but it's it's a yep. female member, and given right. all the toxic masculinity that's going on in the group and like, everything Psycho's kind of, like, yep. you know, preaching right now, um, when she doesn't completely succeed in her mission, you know, she tries to, you know, take Steve and take... Uh, Siegfried's her main mm -hmm. target, I think, um, mm -hmm. But when this doesn't go well and she ends up losing, uh, you know, Psycho chews her out 
and yep. kind of like you know says oh of course they sent a woman to do the job and they, right. you know things like that you know that's not the exact line mm-hmm. but it's that sentiment but it's it's the sentiment there that he's such yeah. a you know yeah of course he's not getting his hands dirty right he wasn't there of course yeah he has nothing but criticisms for her so, uh, so and I, yeah I, so i do wonder if that's going to blow up in his face uh no, but i feel like it has to yeah. down the line um and the fact like they they managed to get steve with something uh, but they can't get Siegfried because of his, you know, where he's from, right? He's from the... He's got the superhuman Mahala. skin, yeah. So yeah. the needle just didn't go into him, yeah. Right, it breaks um, off. Yeah, Diana goes into like a civilian mode. Uh, she's got like a fancy pantsuit on. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're sort of reviewing who's part of this villainous team. They, they realize Calculus is on the team. Which I actually kind of love this calculus, like running the odds of their their, their uh, success and all that. It's yep. like, oh, there's a ninety eight percent chance that we're going to to succeed here, and uh, you know, this and that. I actually kind of like this. Mm-hmm. And then there's kind of this tease of who Psych was actually answering to, you know, because he picks up the phone and we get mm-hmm. this, you know, like sort of red kind of evil looking text, and the speech bubbles, uh, mm-hmm. saying, you know, been happy, pleased with your performance, and I've sent you a gift as a result, and the cliffhanger. Uh, is Psycho opening his present, which looks like a coffin, and it's actually it looks like a yep. duplicate of uh of Siegfried, yeah, uh, it's, called, it's... called Dolus, yeah, which I'm sure is a I I forgot to look this up. I got busy this week. Give give me the spelling because I my iPad's taking forever. To uh, it's just D O L O S. So is this actually a thing from mythology that uh... I think so? Yeah, okay, that makes some sense. Uh, maybe this is like how they're going to take out Siegfried is they're going to have someone who matches his uh, abilities right. makes a lot of sense uh, but just the image of him on a little footstool that he steps on so he can like you know break open yeah. the, the casket is actually really funny to me <laughs> so Dolus is the Greek god of trickery ah. the master of cunning deception craftiness and treachery he's an apprentice of Prometheus the titan and companion of uh, Zudea which is lies his female counterpart is Apate, who's the goddess of fraud and deception. Um, please give me these other ones now, because <laughs> it feels like that's what that's what Psycho's using to to you know to sway people, right? It's fraud and it's deception, um, and maybe this that's what part of of Dolos is. Is it does look like Siegfried, right? Because that's what you were getting. Um, the vibes you're getting from it, but yeah, it looked like he was wearing the same outfit anyway. I mean, maybe mm-hmm. maybe he's not meant to be identical, but I, I certainly was similar getting, enough. Yeah, that it causes deception. I was um, getting like his match kind of vibes from yeah. it anyway. Um, yeah, no, uh, no, solid fun issue. Obviously, Lupacino's art is uh, on point. You know, Lupacino's yeah. always a solid artist. Um, yep, yep. I've always feel like uh, Lupacino's art goes with the coloring. That if you get the coloring just right. It really pops because I always feel Lupita is one of my favorite artists, so I'm always gonna like her work. Um, and here I feel like the colors really went because it's a lot of pinks and reds and oranges throughout, uh, really cementing the the whole danger yeah it, aspect it, of it. It's an issue that I think gives us a lot more of everyone but Wonder Woman because I think mm-hmm. you get a lot of good Steve and Siegfried stuff, you get a lot of good Doctor Psycho and villain stuff, uh, mm-hmm. which is not a complaint. It's actually I think it succeeds at making me more invested in all these various other characters and what they're doing right now so mm-hmm. uh I, I you know I, i'm sure the spotlight will be back on wonder woman uh next issue but soon enough yeah oh yeah oh man the dolos mythology too 
fraudulent copies of of Veritas, which is the goddess of truth. Uh, I I, so. I, sus- I suspect there's an intentional duplication going on here. Yeah. Oh man, I, I'm liking what Conrad and um the other writer Clunin. What Conrad and Clunin are are doing here, it's this is kind of fitting for Wonder Woman because it's using all of these, not just the, the gods but concepts, right? Um, to tell a superhero story, and you know, some people might think it's a little bit too on the nose, but I feel like in 2022, everything's so wild that on the nose works. Mm-hmm. Uh. Yeah, no, uh, that's a solid time. What are you giving Wonder Woman issue? I'm, in, seven, I'm gonna eight. give this one a seven point five. Yeah, I agree with the seven point five. Uh, so it's, it's all good stuff. Like the characters, there's you know the, the character bonding and kind of growth between some of them is pretty good. Uh, so seven point five for me too. Uh, and neither of us read the backup, which is why I'm just yeah ignoring it. <laughs> uh, so cool. Batgirls issue 7, Becky Clooney and Michael Conrad, finally enough, <laughs> writing again, uh, with Robbie Rodriguez on the art for this issue. So, not Corona, Corona did the entire first arc, uh, but we're switched to Robbie Rodriguez for this issue. Um, which isn't bad, uh, Robbie Rodriguez is a solid enough artist, and I think he kind of emulates the style that's been going, but you can definitely tell the difference if you're looking for it. Uh, there's a full page spread early on of like the two Batgirls like, sort of diving down um, and there's definitely a different vibe to the art. I, I would say, th- like, that page is one of the, the wonkiest in that it kind of, like, some of the, the body proportions and shape they're making as they're jumping down is kind of weird. Um, like, especially Steph, like, like it's, it's like, it really wants, like, her ass to, like, sort of stick up <laughs> behind her. And it's, like, making this weird shape with her leg. That it looks like she's making, like, an L-shape. I don't know, it's, it's, it's odd. Mm. Um, but, so this, this you know, I'm happy to say this is a much more focused issue because it's just dealing with one thing. Uh, which, you know, because one of the complaints with the first arc is that it was constantly juggling too much. Uh, so, the Seers came to Batgirls for protection and she's on the run from um, the Saints, the, the, you know, the three villains who worship Simon Saint. And they're pissed at Seer for pretending to be him. So they're chasing after her, and they actually nab her, but the two Batgirls uh, sort of confront them, and they pretend they're letting them go, uh, and this is all part of their plan, you know, oracles over the comms, and the main thing is that they trace them back, follow them back to what turns out to be the Iceberg Lounge. Uh, the the three villains have taken her inside, because Seer's secret lair was actually underneath uh, the Iceberg Lounge the whole time. And they go down there. So this issue is mostly set up for the next issue, which I know sounds a bit awkward, but uh, there's a lot of fun banter between the characters and when they're like, okay, how do we get in? It's too hard to break into the Aceberg Lounge, so what do we do? Bab's like, no, we'll just go in the front door. We'll go in. Uh, and there's, there's some stuff with uh, Seer and explaining some of her backstory. She was kind of abandoned by her parents when she was young and you know basically just scavenged all this equipment and you know became who she is underground um but it's like the plan is that babs is going to get dressed up in a fancy dress and a ball gown and just go into the iceberg lounge um and there's a fun little segment where the other batgirls like is this the best idea and cass is actually quite excited at the prospect of dressing up um, so we get like a little fantasy page where it's all three of them are dressed up. So you get Steph in like this purple dress, 
Babs is in a black dress and Cass is in like a, a fancy tuxedo. Um, but then Babs is like, no, 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 you two are going to be the oracles for this mission. So you're going to be outside with the computers talking to me. Um, and Babs meets up with her date for the night and look who it is. It's Dick Grayson in a suit. And so they're all fancy and dressed up. And the end of the issue is them just walking in to the to the Aceberg Lounge and, you know, their fancy outfits. Uh, so there's a lot, bit of flirting here. They kind of point out how good each other look and it's kind of playing it up a little bit. Uh, and then the other two Batgirls are outside on a rooftop with some laptops and they also take out one of the Saints, the Sniper Saint, who's kind of watching from a distance. Uh, you know, honestly, I think this was a pretty solid issue because it was more focused and it set up a really potentially great issue for next time because I actually really like the idea of them doing this kind of you know, recon heist style issue with the Aceberg Lounge. Because I, I I genuinely got a little excited with the Aceberg Lounge. It's also keeping some of the supporting cast going. The reporter who kept popping up last arc uh, shows up in this for a page. Uh, she's reporting on something at the Aceberg Lounge and it's kind of a fluff piece. So she may get roped into the story somehow next time. Um, The only, the only sort of complaint that I would still levy at this issue is we still have the third person narration, which is especially heavy in the first couple of pages. Once that dies down, though, it's not too bad. Um, and I was kind of into it, so... I wouldn't say it's necessarily the best issue. It may be the best issue so far, from a craft perspective. It, it may be the, the issue with the least problems, and left me kind of feeling like, oh, I'm actually really digging this as a Batgirls book now. Uh, because I wouldn't necessarily say the plot's as exciting as some of the stuff that they were doing before, but because it's actually allowed to breathe, and because it's just this one plot... And because I'm excited about this potential next issue with the Aceberg Lounge, it did a good job of setting up. Uh, so I had fun with that. Uh, and the art, while I did complain about that full-page spread, is mostly solid enough. Um, it does some different things with the uh, the characters in a way. I feel like Cassie's hair's evolved a little bit. She has kind of like her hair tied up in kind of a... Uh, I guess her hair's a bit longer now, as effectively is what I'm saying. She's got more of a ponytail as opposed to the sort of the bob that she usually has. Uh, but, yeah, the characters feel distinct. Uh, the dialogue was mostly fun banter between them. Um, Cass is speaking a bit more than she used to, but that's okay, because she should probably do that as time goes on. Um, but Steph's still speaking more, though, which is the important part. Steph yeah, be- I feel like as long as Steph speaks more, and she can pick up certain things. Yeah. So she should talk more, but she shouldn't be as verbose as as um stuff ever yeah for sure so. uh so that's really cool and it does a good job as well of, like when you get to the stuff where like babs is in her like black gown and she's got like the sort of the white like a uh, coat over it uh like the the city behind's all like sort of out of focus and kind of spark it's got that kind of like you know glossy out and night in the town kind of like feel to it and it's all about making it feel kind of magical I, I would i will say the uh, Dick Grayson here, like his face is a little bit different to all the other Dick Graysons I'm used to seeing right now. But yeah, it's not necessarily bad. He just looks a bit younger, I guess, than I, I would have expected. But um, no, had a good time though. Uh, let's see. I, the art's not as good though. I mean, I, I do miss Corona a little bit, but I don't think Robbie Rodriguez is bad. Uh, yeah, a, a couple of a couple of little things here or there. You know, one dodgy page. It's not a big deal though. Uh, so I would happily give that uh, my third seven point five. I've got a seven point five week here. Apparently, you're like the lottery. Yeah, it's it's basically just nothing's been like amazing this week. 
but right. I'm getting a lot of solid good stuff. So it's like I know the Robbie Rodriguez name. It's because he's the Spider Gwen guy. Ah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yep. So there you go. I might might have to see how his Batgirls. Look Let's now. be honest here. I can see like a lot of overlap with Spider Gwen and Stephanie Brown. <laughs> yeah. No, there is. Yeah. Um, I can see a lot so, overlap with that. Yeah, uh, so. Stephanie Brown existed first. I, well, I think she did anyway. Yeah, no, Stephanie Brown's been around since the, the Robin book of the 90s. Oh, sure, but I mean, I mean, like, even just her, like, solo adventures as Batgirl, I think, pre the date. No, yeah, for, yeah, because yeah. Spider Gwen. Batgirl came. 2009. Yeah. So, so there you go. I'm say it was after Battle of the Cowl and all of that stuff because I remember the issue that Babs comes to her. And that's where the waffles came from. Mm-hmm. So yeah, phenomenal series. Brian yeah. Camillo's Batgirl, I highly recommend. Uh, but yeah, there you go. That's Batgirl's issue seven. Uh, mm-hmm. Batman: Urban Legends issue sixteen, or at least one of the stories in it. Matt, what yep. do you got for us? All right. So this is the the end of the uh, Mark Russell, Carl Mostert, uh, Batman or Ace the Bat Hound story, where um, where it last left off is Batman was in the ring with with the Russian bear that they were, you know, trying to dispose of. And the evil Russian guy that's in you know, the villain of this is to show off who that it's really Batman. He's going to make him fight the bear. So I was like, oh, great. So now I'm going to have to watch Batman fight a bear. This is not great. Um, but the all the other villains are are there and they're bidding on Batman as he fights this bear. But, you know, Bruce is doing a pretty good job of trying not to hurt the bear and the bear doesn't want to hurt him. But we, we do see Bruce openly, like, charge at a brown bear, which I get he's Batman, but still. But as as they're fighting, the bids are going up to the point where it's uh, Joker has the final bid. Um, he gets up to, I think, 40 million before. And he goes, you accept clown coin, right? Um, but it ends up fighting, and as... Joker goes to leave to to pay, right? Which is it's kind of like uh, kind of get the point that Joker's not actually going to pay the money, but you hear it barking and uh, Ace has, has found Bruce, um, and you know he has uh, Ace has his you know his vest on. It's like the utility belt gets Bruce out of there. The Speed Force Turtle assists. Uh, the bear ends up crawling out of the octagon. Uh, as as the you know the Russian guy's place goes boom uh, because of all the shots that are being fired out, it hits a gas tank. Um, as he you know holds his Fabergé egg is, and everything uh, comes down around him, the original trainer of them all is there, and he's crawling out of the rubble. And as he thinks he's in the clear, he sees Lex Luthor, the dog that you know is a, a failure for Lex. Who starts licking him, which then leads to the no stop, uh, and and Lex ends up being his undoing. Um, Ace is helping Bruce. The Joker, you know, being that he was Ace's first owner, starts saying to come and help him, but Ace drags Bruce towards uh, an escape. Um, later, Bruce's uh, his arms in a sling. He's at Wayne Manor. Um, they bring the Speed Force Turtle to to Flash. Uh, and he takes him back to Keystone. The little squirrel ends up living behind Wayne Manor. Uh, and 
Bruce has has made behind Wayne Manor into a uh, the Wayne Wooded Reserve, and he releases the bear there. And it ends with this very nice panel of Bruce and Ace watching the bear, you know, go off into, you know, to freedom. Uh, and Bruce patting Ace on the on the ears and let him know he's a good boy. Um, just exactly my kind of stuff. The Most of the animals make it through. It's only sad, you know, in certain parts. Uh, I was worried that not all the animals were going to make it out. But Mark Russell really... I don't think he's that heartless to to do that. Um, but it's a really good story. And this is just almost like the, you know, the what's it called in movies where it's post-climax, where everything big has happened, but this is all just everything else. It's almost not not quite an epilogue, but I think... I'm trying to remember film school. The Denouement, I believe, um, is what it's called. But it just wraps up everything and, you know, let, you know... Bruce always knowing that he's never alone because Ace Ace has his back. Um, so so yeah, no, it's it's a real fun story. People should seek this out. I I think they're collecting it in one of the Urban Legends trades fairly soon. Um, but yeah, uh, I give this story. This is a an, this issue. So the story of itself is probably an eight point five, but this little epilogue piece is closer to probably seven point five. But um. And and unless other things come up, I think this is my last Urban Legends issue, just because it, it's become such a mixed bag. Sure. And yeah. it, at the at the price, it's hard for me to justify. I was talking with a friend on Twitter that it's their last one too, because for eight dollars, I mean that's you know two other books I could be picking up that I'm not. Um, but if I hear good things about some other ones, but they make it tough. So like in the solicits this this week. They talk about that Joey Esposito has another story in Urban Legends, and I really enjoyed the Plastic Man story last issue. So it's kind of one of these things. It's like, do I? I don't know. It all it all depends what the week looks like too, where what my budget is. But yeah, yeah. but I, I mean, it has dwindled where you went from talking yeah. about all four stories to two, and then to one. Yeah. So you know, I I thumbed through the end of the Zatanna and Batman story, and it seemed to be similar to this, where it was just kind of an epilogue of of Zatanna and Bruce. A lot of pages of them standing and talking um which really didn't take take advantage of that artist who draws really fun action layouts but hey again i don't know what happened to that story i'm sure zatanna and batman are fix their relationship or whatever but this this was the main story i'm a big mark russell fan so uh, i look forward to that superman story that's coming out uh so the prestige with mike allred will be his next one and but but yeah no um that's the last of the ace of the bat hound all right cool uh naomi season two issue four mm-hmm. uh brian michael bendis and david david walker with jamal campbell on the art uh, of course d arrived or crash landed mm-hmm. back in the last issue and that's kind of where we we, we pick hard up times with us. hard times for d yeah uh, um not doing well and Naomi doesn't know what to do. Her parents are having kind of a heart-to-heart moment uh, when they hear the crash, and that's kind of what leads us into like going to check out what happened. And yeah, there's, so there's some nice layouts of like Naomi panicking, being worried about D. What should I do? Do I call an ambulance? Uh, she calls Kalex at the Hall of Justice, and there's no Justice League members there, but uh, they have medical facilities, so that's kind of like the goal. So she ends up putting them in an ambulance and like flying the ambulance <laughs> to, uh, to the Hall of Justice. 
And D does wake up a little bit, kind of mutters a couple things. Uh, eventually, so it does talk about going to fight Zimbardo, and we get a great full page spread of the two in silhouette going to war. But uh, then there's a two page layout which shows that no, but he has like you know five or six lieutenants who all showed up, and then it was like so it sort of presents the idea that. D might have had a chance one-on-one. Like, it felt like a clash yeah. of the titans when he, it was just the two of them. He was, yeah. So he's like the Thanagarian death squad for a reason, right? Like, he's a bad dude. But Zimbardo seemed to have an ace up his sleeve, and it's... I like how everything's in silhouette because we're getting D's recollection of the story. It's, it works as well because, like, we're eventually going to see them fight Naomi, and the whole mm-hmm. point is we don't want to spoil, like... So this is like a right. tease without seeing it properly. Right, but just for the story aspect of it, too, though, is we're getting D's re- hazy recollection of it all, mm. right? And it's being told to Naomi, who doesn't know who these... Like, she knows Zambato, so you can kind of get details in Zambato and D, but the other ones that show up, they're, she's Naomi's in the dark. It's, yeah, yeah, I just feel that's a really good story piece for the art. Yeah, a nice touch though is that they all in silhouette. There's that that panel. It's not a two page layout, but it's, they're all lined up. But they yeah. all have like a little bit of color on them as well with the silhouette. So it's whether it's like yeah. the the outline in Zabado or like the one with the wings has yellow and the wings, or there's yeah. one that's got a bit of red in his tail. You know, there's just a little mm-hmm. bit of color to make it look a bit more yeah. playful. And the, the ch- like the chain thing, too. The, that's highlighted. Um, yeah yeah i've actually i've got a really complex there's a page coming up here where it's naomi and she flies back home and it does mm-hmm. this thing where she's perfectly in the middle of each panel and the panels are all like slanted in different directions and the backgrounds keep changing because you know it's like there's the hall of justice in the first couple mm-hmm. and then she's outside and then she's in the sky and then she's standing at the crowd back in her hometown and it really gives you this impression. You know, like when you're watching like a movie or something, and they'll do that thing where they attach the camera to the body, and it's like they're sort of like almost teleporting because they're just yeah. like. And it it represents the idea that she's so deep in thought and she's so worried about what's going on that she's barely yeah. even she's on autopilot and she's barely even noticing that she's moving. It kind of right. gives you that that sense going down this page. I thought she's, it was really yeah, good. She's lost in her head, and we know that time's going on because of the change in scenery. Yeah. Right, yeah. No, that's real good. I didn't even think of that, but that is a good... Or even what that like, would look like in or, motion. Or even like a character, is in, like they're standing still, but there's like a time lapse going behind yeah, them. It's kind of maybe that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, the idea here is there's a politician who shows up and says, Naomi, like, you've brought all this stuff to our town, things were quiet before you, and now, now it might as well be Gotham City with all the chaos that's happening. Here's the thing, dude. F off. Right? <laughs> she, a, she's a kid. B... This is really the first thing. Like, Superman caused more trouble when he flew through there and inspired her. This is one person that already lives in your town, right? That that crash landed. Um, but as he walks away, there's, like, a sinister smile on his face. Yeah. So Cause he, there's, cause there's he, something more to him. Because he knows he's going to get more support as well, I think. This is going to work. This, this idea of, like, turning mm-hmm. a group of people against her is going to work. Yeah. Um, and more to his point, as he's walking away, just at the end of this, the big cliffhanger of the issue is that the portal rips in the sky. Because and this was teased earlier, is that yeah. Zimbardo, or sorry, D going to there to fight Zimbardo actually gave the because they they want to come here. That's been their goal for a while, but you know, since the first uh, volume of this yep. book, and Zimbardo now ha- like has a shortcut because D's went there and like returned. Yep. So the sky opens up at the end. It's a big two page spread. The last page. 
and it's like Naomi, there's no Justice League to come and help you. They're all off in assignment, and so we've seen that they all kicked the shit out of D. So now Naomi has to take them all on on her own, which you know, it, as a tech, as a writing technique goes, this is a little simple in that oh. D couldn't do it. He couldn't fight all six of these characters on, on his right. own. But well, Naomi is probably going to just be able to do it and let's scrape together the, the, the courage and the, the strength to fight them all. Uh, maybe not right away. Maybe it'll be a, no. a good issue of like turmoil first. But I, I do think we're going to get a Spider-Man moment, right? This is still Bendis. Sure. Of of the, the town coming around her. And that's what that oh, whole... Yeah, the, okay. the mayor... Is like, oh, we don't want you here. You you cause troubles, you're turning into Gotham. But no, she's still, you know, a kid of the community, and the community is gonna kinda because that's what uh, you know, the bully coming to talk to her last issue. That's only nice story, because mm. now you know she has superpowers. I feel that was kind of the seed of, oh no, this this community's gonna rise up behind this girl. And, you know, I don't know how much good that's gonna do. But I feel that that's going to give her the hope and inspiration. I definitely she needs. I definitely think her father's going to put on his uh his rancid. I do too. And because him, him saying that he's homesick and the mom kind of gets upset. I mean, I knew where he was coming from, right? All of this cosmic adventure scene makes him like, oh yeah, I was a part of something. It's not homesick as much as it's nostalgia. He's, but he's get, reminiscing. The mom's upset though too. It's, yeah. make, it's making him reminisce because he's seen all these mm-hmm. things that he's not seen in a long time, yeah. and it's it's giving him this fire. Yeah, and I feel like he's got that suit in there, and you know, D, you know, he he didn't fare too well, but that was on their turf too. We saw the Justice League had a hard enough time against Zombato in that world, you know. Um, so so maybe, you know. Naomi does have a better chance. Yeah, here, I mean, like I, I enjoyed this issue. I'm excited for the fight. It's all smart stuff. The the only critique I can really level at it is mm-hmm. the potential for it to feel. And to, I'm going to use a wrestling term here just to sort of uh-huh. like say what I'm going to uh-huh. say. But it basically feels a. It, it could feel a little like make Roman look strong. Kind of yeah, <laughs> like I, you know, bro. Like there's a little um, bit of that. <laughs> I thought that too, but I tried not to let it. Because <laughs> I enjoyed almost everything. Yeah. But when it's like, I was like, well, Dee didn't stand a chance. How is she going to? And then that's when I thought about the Spider Man of the, the sure. community rallying around her. I like that idea, the, actually. I like I do like yeah, that. Yeah. I, because I don't want the idea. Like, I know, like, it's been thrown around online that maybe her code name will end up being Powerhouse because she is super strong and whatever. I don't like the idea of her being able to defeat these six people by herself. I feel like there's going to be a, a catch. It mostly uh, just depends how it happens. If she just narrowly, yeah. like, sort of, like, survives and holds them yeah. off long enough for help or something, like, that's fine. And, um, yeah. But, I like... I feel like, too, though, that D talked about how they used to fight each other, but then when they had a common goal of coming to Earth, they all, you know, lined up behind Zimbardo. So I also feel like there that they might start, you know, they might, oh, they maybe. could yeah. internally combust as well. But yeah, and, but what and, are you saying? And there's absolutely nothing wrong with, with Naomi being like, you know, on similar levels to Superman or being that powerful. Mm-hmm. But you've already told me that Justice League can't take on this team and you've right. told me D can't do it. Um, so I'd have mm-hmm. her survive long enough to be impressive, absolutely. Yeah. But what you don't want to do, because I think Bendis can be guilty of this, is yeah. like, overselling his characters to be like oh they're the greatest and they can take on all the odds that yeah, no one else can kind of thing you know it's the golden child whole thing yeah you know is is this character can do it because they're this character and that that is why we have issues in, in wrestling of 
characters having a push, whether it was Cena or Roman or whoever, you know, there's there's no justification in the story of them winning so easily. You, 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 you know? need the odds to be big, but you, you don't want to stack them so high that it just feels like a cheap thing. It's impossible. Thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and this, this, this may all be completely moot because mm-hmm. like, it all depends on how they actually do this next issue. It all yeah. depends on that. But yeah, and that's what drives me nuts about this book is because there's always that one little thing that's there. But I loved everything else about the book, whether it was the parents talking or or her going to D um, and D kind of being out of it and telling the story. Um, and and even, even, you know, her friend, her parents going to her friend to find out what's going on with Naomi. Um, there's all these little character moments that, yeah. that and- Venice is still so good at. Yeah, and if anything, you know, that's kind of the challenge of this issue, because this, ch- this, this issue, because we're getting later in the story now, is inherently more plot-focused than it is character-moment-focused. Yeah. Uh, so that's a bit of a challenge. I do think it's mostly still really good, though, and I would obviously have praised the art. I've talked about some specific moments. I'd add that final page where they're all coming through this tear in the sky. Yeah. It's very, obviously, pointed and intentional that Naomi's quite small in that page. She feels tiny yeah. compared to these six yep. uh you know super powered yeah. like overlords or whatever they are yeah. so you know like, like it's doing a lot of smart things in the art and just the general art quality from campbell is is very very pretty top notch so yeah. uh really good stuff um and there's some good stylistic mm-hmm. you know flourishes in there too so uh mm-hmm. book's still really good uh so i'm hoping to see i'm looking forward to seeing how it does this because there's two issues of this left yeah. um so we'll see but uh it's good stuff so, what are you giving Naomi? I'm giving this an eight. Yeah, I, th- I think I have to agree with the eight on this. Uh, the art does a lot of the lifting there for me, though, because those pages of D fighting the the bad guys, I, uh, and even the parents talking have this, you know, lightness to them. Yeah, I think, um, um, like I say, it's it sort of almost loses a little bit compared to earlier issues because it's more plot than it is character and the character is the better mm-hmm. part of this book but i think the art does then elevate a lot of the stuff that's in this issue because it does mm-hmm. play with how it handles it so well you got you got all the flashback stuff from d being in silhouette and that's very interesting and and looks different from most of the other pages and then the way it handles like naomi's state of mind through the the the, the inventive paneling and things like that like mm-hmm. all great stuff so yeah it for me yeah um so good stuff um all right jurassic league issue two one gideon uh co-writing an art and then also daniel warren johnson co-writing so mm-hmm. uh it's, it's weird to I've, I've not figured out how to say that 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 combination yet because it's weird that yeah. it's co-writers but one's also the artist i've not figured out right. how to say that in a sentence yet but yeah. you, you know what i mean um so Last issue, the cliffhanger was uh, Giganta and Bizarro, or their dinosaur equivalents, I should say. Uh, I mean, because she's a dinosaur, I'm going to call her Giganta. So, <laughs> uh, so yes, after after pronunciations that I've learned in the last week. Yes, um, from terrible yes. movies that came out. No, no, it's not a terrible movie. Uh, it's, it's a mess. Jurassic World means Let's just get out of the so. way just now, because it's dinosaurs yeah. we're talking about. We can talk about this after. Let's not take away from from Jurassic League. Um, I'm just, like, I'm just yeah. saying, uh, it is the Rise of Skywalker of the Jurassic Park franchise. Mm, it is. The I par- disagree. The parallels uh, are absolutely shocking. Quite frankly, it's like Rise of Skywalker, but good. So. No, it's um, like Rise of Skywalker. No. Full stop. <laughs> mm, disagree. Period. Anyway, 
Um, but yeah, G Giganta, because for the longest time I thought that was a Gigantosaurus. Then I heard a paleontologist on a podcast. It was a Giganotosaurus or Giganotosaurus, <laughs> depending on how you want to say it. And I was like, I've been saying this wrong for a very long time. So, and so it makes sense that this was uh, Giganta um, and, and uh, Brontosaurus, which I was a little disappointed it wasn't more like a bizarro which i hate bizarro speech but this i don't know i don't know how they could have done it um but making those certain letters actually backwards didn't help reading his dialogue it didn't so, but it was easier than what they do sometimes where it's all in reverse <laughs> right but then I, but i felt like it wasn't bizarro right like it just looked like bizarro um, or Bratzaro. Yeah, no, but I wish actual Bizarro just did this because it'd be easier to read. Right, but with yeah, I just I know why they chose this character to do this with because you want someone for Supersaurus and and whatnot. But I don't know. It just felt like not Bizarro. It just felt like you know, insert evil dinosaur here. You know, and that's all. And the only thing that sure. was different was the the lettering was backwards. Like I didn't get any of the, you know. With Bizarro, I always feel like you want Bizarro to be being manipulated by someone else, and that's why they're doing bad things. Because uh, at the end of the day, Bizarro wants to be Superman. And I know you can't really do that because this is Jurassic League, not Justice League. But I don't know. Um, just just be on the name. But it led to a fun action sequence. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, the book starts with uh, our young human who will... I presume I'm just going to refer to him yeah. as the Robin because I assume that's what he's representing. <laughs> uh, following Little creature as as bat. Uh, uh, yeah. Following Batsaur, Batsaur can't understand them because he's speaking human. Uh, mm -hmm. So that's a nice distinction. There, obviously, Supersaur can speak human because he's been living with humans. Yeah, yeah. But he can also speak dinosaur, which is important too because he can speak he's, to both Batsaur and he is the bridge between Robin. them. Yeah, uh, but yeah, when we cut back to uh, that stuff, Supersaur's fighting them. Uh, Batsaur's heard the crash of them landing, so he actually does come in uh, eventually during the fight. Uh, there's a lot of pages here where, like, either Supersaur or mostly the villains, like, pick up, like, just handfuls of humans. So you get these, like, weird visuals of just, like, all these humans being yeah. carried in, like, a yeah. bunch. Yep. Um, which is kind of funny, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, Batsaur shows up, comes in, and immediately saves a couple of humans by diving in uh, to stop, you know, to move them out of the mm -hmm. way from this falling tree or whatever it is. And Superstar's like, are you friend or foe? And he's like, I have no friends, but no one harms weaklings in my presence. So yeah. it, it kind of quickly becomes a very Batman-Superman-esque. Like, yes. You know, Batman, Batsaur's grumpy, doesn't, you yeah. know, play nice, but he's obviously doing all the right things and being good. Mm -hmm. uh, and Superstar's being the goody-two-shoes, uh, as mm -hmm. you'd expect. Uh, so... Yeah, we get a big fight sequence where they do actually lose, you know? They, they, they don't yeah. win. Uh, Either uh, way. The villains do grab all the humans and, uh, you know, saunter off. Um, yeah, and obviously they're part of a team uh, and we see the reverse Flash dinosaur uh, takes uh, the Joker-saurus to like, be saved. Yeah, Joker's are in reverse Flash. Yeah. <laughs> the names still kill me. I love it. Wait, what's the reverse Flash's name? Reverse Slash. Reverse slash, slash, yeah. Reverse slash, slash, yeah. Okay. Like, like, like the guitarist from Guns N' Roses. Yeah, but what dinosaur is that based on? I have no idea. <laughs> I just went with the easy, <laughs> the easy fun name, you know. Um, surely, surely you could do something with Zoom more than Reverse Flashes if you wanted to turn it into a dinosaur name. Yeah, I don't. I do know from the solicits we're getting the 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 Doomasaurus, 
which I feel like is as doomsday, but it's also there's also a, a dinosaur. Yeah. Also, I've just know. noticed I've not looked at myself in ages. The sun's came out more as the you're, podcast has been on, and I literally come in. Out. Yeah, yeah, I look come in like like heaven or something right now with this this light source. Well, we were talking about Jurassic League, so it uh. is heaven. Uh. <laughs> uh, so we're getting me. Uh, probably my favorite name of the book actually is Atrocitaurus. <laughs> and it's a Carnotosaurus. It's, he's got the horns. I, I actually uh, just think it's cool because I wasn't expecting Atrocitus uh, in the book, neither. so it was it was a really nice surprise when I turned the page and that's so uh, it's it's so weird to see a Joker version like you know being yeah. subservient to a Atrocitus, yeah. but it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool well, that Joker's and, not the be all end all villain for once, right? And I and I do feel though that that's how this is a little bit different. That it is inspired by Justice League, but it's not using those direct correlations. Yeah. Because we get there that uh, Robin calls them not dinosaurs but demons from from underneath. So I do feel like there's something different about these dinosaurs versus the Jurassic League. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's the stuff that they're going to yeah get into and mm-hmm. like unfold as time goes on. Yeah. Uh, so you know, and obviously Batman or sorry, Batsaur and Supersaur uh-huh. introduce themselves to each other. Uh, there's a really sweet moment where young Robin actually tries to help Batsaur because mm-hmm. he tries to pull him out from underneath this uh, big tree. Yeah. And uh, obviously Supersaur picks it up and that's the moment where Batsaur really sees that, oh wait, you've got super yep. strength. That's, you aren't mm-hmm. just like a big dinosaur. You, you, you're right. something different about you. Um, but they're like, yeah, we both have a common goal. Should we team up kind of thing? And they agree. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get this great panel of like, yeah, let's go save my people. And Supersaur's clenching his fist. And Batsaur's got his rock batarangs like mm-hmm. in between his fingers, ready to go. Mm-hmm. And that's when we finally cut to uh, Wonder Dawn, uh, the Triceratops Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. um, who runs into the villains and immediately sees that there's you know humans in distress and tries to intervene and whacks Giganta uh, with her sword. The, the broadside. She says, hey, keep it up, you'll get the sharp side. Which is <laughs> such a Wonder Woman thing to do, right? Uh, this yeah. I mean, it's hard not to just have fun with this. I mean, it's it's paced so well and goes in so quick that I was not prepared for the the you know. So when Batsaur and Superstar show up and they become the you know for the first time, it's mm-hmm. the trinity of dinosaurs and they're doing this. It's almost like the the you know in Power Rangers when all the Zords are like driving alongside before they they come together. Yeah, it's the that it's that shot of them like you know going on one direction. Uh, that's the fact. Last page, it's like to be contained. Yeah. I'm like, no, I was, I was just getting into this. What are you doing yep. to me? <laughs> Day, now I'm gonna hear the uh, Power Rangers music. Which you know, obviously their Zords are based on dinosaurs, so this is also yeah. relevant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, this is just so much fun. Uh, it's as I yeah. say, it's dumb and I love it. This is so. so much better than it has any right to be. I can't believe this is actually as good as it is. Yep. Well, and, and the invisible pterodon too, Thunderbeak. Um, fun character. Um uh and that the um the Joker the Joker's art um is subservient to the the uh, uh what's his name? Atrocitaurus. because he brings them back using this, you know. Whatever that that energy is, a tree. I mean, I yeah. always wonder is this is some with their version of a Lazarus pet, but it could be something right. more specific. I don't know. Something different, yeah. So, um, but yeah, Atrocitaurus. That's <laughs> yeah. It's it's uh it's yeah. This is shockingly good and entertaining. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Because, you know, like, when they announced it, it was like, okay, this is funny because Matt's going to, like, you know, lose his shit. It's, but, well, it's so gimmicky, right? Yeah. Like, but I wasn't... Like, well, it's going to be fun, but will it be good? And yes, it, it's so So good. far, it's been very good, and it's been really playing with the... The uh, you know, in the, in the same way that a Tom Taylor deceased kind of like does the zombie mm-hmm. version of the DC universe, this is very much doing the dinosaur version of the DC universe, yeah. and making it mostly work in a way that's uh interesting. So mm-hmm. I really can't deny. It. And the art's gorgeous. I love that last page. That last page is yeah. a poster you can put in your wall. Yeah, for sure. If they release it, I'll have it. We'll, we'll see it behind <laughs> here. There's two of my favorite things: dinosaurs and and superheroes. Yeah, I'm 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 into it. Uh, admittedly, Super Saur. I'm still getting the the Goombas from the Super Mario Brothers movie. Yeah, from the head. I wish his neck, <laughs> wish his neck was a little bit longer. Yeah, you know, I'm getting, I'm used to it now, source. but it still makes me think of that a little bit. Yeah, if I'm honest. Uh, but yeah, uh, the the because uh, uh, the the, the, the you know, one of the creators uh, commented on the the, the standalone yeah. version of the review for the last episode, the last yeah. issue, uh, and that was nice to see. So uh, con- confirmed that the Aqua, the Aquaman dinosaur, is based off of Baryonyx, which mm. is super cool. Uh, and said we'll we'll get all their names soon, and that it won't disappoint. Well, now, so. that, now the Trinity's together, we, we you know we yeah. can add someone else next issue probably. Mm-hmm. I imagine yeah. maybe maybe more. Yeah, than I, I believe you said on the first one, this is kind of a, a almost a better Justice League origin than some of the other ones we've gotten over time. It was just mm-hmm. with the way that they're being introduced and. Just using of the broad strokes. So I'm definitely excited to redo a power bomb. I'll probably read that this week. I got a surprise day off Monday. Um, so I'll probably take that time to catch up on some books. But yeah. Um see see what Daniel Warren Johnson has has up his sleeve for that one. Do, do I Which then lo- make I was gonna say do I love but they are is I love to how expressive like I'm like I'm getting some of these di- like you know, like there's a mm-hmm. Uh, the the page where Wonder Dawn sees the villains with the the people and she shouts, "You there!" Like the look of concern on this Triceratops's face is really mm-hmm. good and funny to me. Uh, but then you get the anger of of you know Giganta. I, I don't know. It's just <laughs> like I just mm-hmm. there's something kind of neat about getting all these expressions from you know less human style characters for a change. Yeah. Uh, it's it's neat. I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm into it. Uh, I love the uh, bat has got a proper snout as well, so we get a lot of good, uh, like growling and stuff and lots like that. Of teeth, yeah. yeah. So yep. I'm into it. I'm into it. All right, what are you giving uh, Jurassic League issue two? Eight point five. <laughs> I'm just gonna go the straight eight. Like I think it's yeah. great. I think it's a lot of fun. Uh, but I have some perspective. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have some perspective. Um. But much better than the new Jurassic World movie. I'll say that much. Much, much better. I'm not going to disagree, but I still like the Jurassic World movie. So, mm. uh, so yes. Uh, that takes out of the part of the show, though. We pick our favorite stuff of the week. Favorite panel slash moment, favorite cover, favorite art, and top five books. So starting with panel slash moment, what you got? I mean, there's a lot to choose from. And I really want to pull from Jurassic League, but... I'm such a sucker for crypto. Um, uh, the dog, not the stupid, you know, other stuff. The crypto, the dog. That his appearance and uh, you know when he shows up th- in I, Superman. I don't think anyone was going to think you were talking about cryptocurrency, Matt. I, think it's I just okay. want to make sure because because I get ads for it all the time, and I know my phone's listening because they talk crap about it. Um, yeah. Now, crypto's arrival in Superman. Son of yeah. Well. 
Yeah, I think I have to go with Naomi. I think I have to go with that transition where she flies mm-hmm. from the Hall of Justice to uh, back to her town with the, mm-hmm. the different panels and her in the middle. I, I really like that sequence. So mm-hmm. I gotta go with that. Uh, cover of the week. Uh, what you got? Uh, it is the variant for Jurassic League, where it looks like they're uncovering fossils. Um, that was my dream job as a kid. Uh, so. Yeah, it's just a fun cover. That's yeah, cool. Uh, yeah, I didn't have a ton to, that, that stuck out to me this week. Uh, mm-hmm. It was a kind, of, kind of an easy choice. I will say there's a variant for Batgirls uh, that I like the concept of, which is all the Bat family sitting in a movie theater, but I don't like the yeah. art style. So, uh, unfortunately, it wasn't for me. But my actual pick is a Batgirls cover. It is the Kim Jacinto cover, uh, which has got really nice sharp angles, really nice coloring. It's kind of it's got like a white background mm-hmm. uh, on the sides and sort of central strip where the two two Batgirls, Steph and Cass, are there in the middle with their capes flowing in either direction. I really like that cover. Uh, it was the easy pick for pick of the week for me. In yeah, terms of covers. yeah, you know what you're saying about the it's very manga esque. The other cover. Yeah, I don't like the art style, yeah. but I do like the concept of them all mm-hmm. sitting in a movie theater like that. This one, this one's very good too. This seems like a uh, just this was what I feel combo covers are. You know, it's very representative of of it. So, yeah. Uh, and then we got, what, best art of the week? What you got? Yeah. Yeah. Whew, this is tough. This comes down between Jurassic League and... And... Uh, and uh, why am I drawing a blank? Naomi? <laughs> and Naomi, thank you. Yeah. Um, I think this week I'll give the edge to Jurassic League. Just, just a little. Sure. Sure. They're very different styles, so it is a, yes. obviously a hard comparison to make, because Jurassic League mm-hmm. is big, bold, lots of speed lines, and, you know, uh, very animated, over-the-top expressions on these dinosaur faces. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, Jamal Campbell's art on Naomi is a lot more down-to-earth. It's a lot more, uh, like, shaded and detailed, and, like, you're sort of going for this more, you know, character-driven thing. Um... Yeah, I can I, you know, I I agree it's between those two, I think, quite mm-hmm. safely. Uh I, I think I'm gonna give the edge to Naomi, but yeah. it was definitely between those two, for sure. So very cool. Um and then top five books, and I think you read six, so I read hold on me, I I have five. Wait, yeah. One, two, three. Oh yeah, four, you, yeah didn't, you didn't read Batgirls, yeah. Okay. Oh wait, no, hold on. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, five. Okay, well, rank them then. <laughs> All right, so number one is Jurassic League, uh, two is Naomi, three is Superman, Son of Kal four is Wonder Woman, and five is Urban Legends. Cool. Um. All right, my number one is. I actually think I'm going to put Jurassic League at number one, despite the fact that I gave Naomi a couple of the other awards. I think overall, I'd say I like mm-hmm. that just a little bit more. Uh, so Jurassic League issue two at number one. Uh, number two is Naomi. Number three, uh, Superman, Son of Kal-El. Uh, number four, I think Batgirl is number five, Wonder Woman. Yeah. There you go. There you go. So, uh, decent week. Uh, mm-hmm. So, there you go. I'll tell you what's coming next week from DC Comics. So, coming out uh, next week, we have Nightwing, issue 93, and that is the gorgeous main cover there. It's yes, just, that is. Just just from the small version I'm seeing, it looks really nice. Yep. The blues and the and then how it bounces off of Bab's cape, the yellow. Mm-hmm. Very nice. So, Nightwing 93, The Flash 783, 
mm-hmm. Batman Superman World's Finest issue 4, Batman the Night issue 6, Catwoman issue 44, Dark Crisis Young Justice issue 1, so that's the first issue of the spin-off miniseries, so we'll be checking yep. out that see how that is. Black Adam issue 1, uh, which also has a really nice uh, regular cover actually, that's yeah. a Priest new series, so we'll be checking that out. Fables 152, Earth Prime issue 6, A Hero's Twilight, uh, Aquaman the Flash, uh, Void Song issue 1, and then we got Mailstone in History issue 1, that's a $10 one shot, so uh, mm-hmm. th- what to expect from that. Uh, Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen's boss, Perry White, <laughs> Wait, what's this? such a weird title. This is a, this is the Faction Lieber yeah. special. Yeah, so that's a one shot as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Scooby Doo, where are you? One one six. So, uh, not a super pack week for me. You've got a couple of because you'll be reading that 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 Jimmy Olsen uh, Perry White yep. thing for sure. Won't I'll you? be reading that. Yeah, and it's only five bucks, so it's not that much bigger than yeah. uh, than a typical book. But yeah, yeah between that Black Adam and the um, the, the mini series starting. Yep. Yeah, I'll be I'll be, the, I'll be trying Black Adam, the Young versus, Justice books uh, tie yep. in for sure. Uh, and then I've got like four main books on top of that. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's a reasonable enough week uh, next week, uh, but not not. Too, I mean, it's not a big week, but it's not too little. No. Uh, so we'll see you next week for that. I'll take this time to thank our Patreon producers for the month. So thank you very much to Tyler Hess, Cindy Pelasius, David Short, Bordenow, Christopher Moy, David Brown, Al Tresman, and Alison M. Four days. Their producer tier patrons over at Patreon.com/slash/MailFestTV, but you can support us for as little as one dollar mm-hmm. per month and help keep the, the podcast and all the other content we do coming. Uh, of course, check out Mailfuzz TV and Mailfuzz Movies. Those YouTube channels have TV episode reviews, movie reviews. You can hear why Jurassic World Dominion's not very good on the Atomic Cinema Experiment uh, over there. Fake news. Also has a podcast feed for uh, that show and some of those as well. So go check out those. Uh, of course, rate the podcast five stars on iTunes, wherever your podcast from. All very helpful. Um, and that's uh, Twitter at DC Comics Podcast. Worth mentioning that. So there you go. Go and go and have a have a look. See. Uh, but otherwise, that is pretty much us. So thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep reading DC Comics, and remember to never get lost in the Speech Force.